Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. What's up, weirdos? I, I'm, I'm thrilled that Harlan Williams came in and made it weird, and I, I honestly can't think of a, a more ideal guest, somebody that was just incredibly willing and ready to just dive right in. And this is somebody that I only know from the stand-up scene. We do shows together, uh, you know, maybe once a month I'll see him. And, and he came into the studio, and he was just exactly what we want out of the show, just ready to go open, honest, and, and very, very funny. So let's not waste any time. we got to get a, a couple announcements up here. Oh, I didn't open them. It doesn't matter. we got some tour dates. Let's see. Oh, I was already in Traverse City. That was a lot of fun. And this weekend, uh, February 21st through the 23rd, I'm going to be in Madison for Comedy Club on State. And then the next date isn't until March 9th for Grand Rapids, Michigan for Gilda's Laugh Fest. That is a stand-up show. Uh, so check that out. Also, uh, Australian Weirdos, I'm going to be coming out to Melbourne. Melbourne? 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 Either way. Uh, Melbourne Supremacy? Okay. I'll, I'll definitely probably be making that joke there. Uh, so check check uh, check the website for that. Come out to that festival. It's going to be great to meet some international weirdos. And uh, youmadeitweird.com. If you're feeling nasty and you want to donate, there's a donate button helping uh, Katie out, helping the show out, or buy an episode of uh, You Made It Movies. That's that's a great way to support the show, and it's super fun. We just did one with Patrick Walsh. Feeling it uh, with for Drive. That's going to be out any day now. Jesse James with John Mulaney. There will be blood with Paul F. Tompkins. Joe DeRose and I did Glengarry Glen Ross. These are going to keep coming out as we can. Kumail and I are going to do The Wizard. Remember that movie? The Wizard? If you do, you're going to enjoy it. If you don't, watch it for the first time with us. Who cares? Uh, and that's it. The sponsor's Amazon. Click on the banner. Shop like you would. We get a proceed if you go to Nerdist.com and do that. Otherwise, do it the other ways that I, that I mentioned, which are also fun. All right. Harlan Williams, everybody. Harland Williams. <laughs> Is there a smell in here? No. It's becoming like my house. I don't think. Well, that's the thing is I don't think there's a smell. But when you're a kid and you go over other people's houses, oh no, there's, there's no smell. smell. No, it reeks of old comic books. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's a good that, smell. That musty, yeah. It's a like in uh, Fahrenheit 451 where they're oh, burning all those books, and, yeah. and then he writes about how good a book smells. Yeah, I don't know any humans that didn't smell their copy of Fahrenheit 451 yeah, in that right. moment. That's right. You have to sniff it. <laughs> <laughs> you do have to sniff it. But I, I am with Dave Rath. You know Dave Rath? Oh, I, yeah. I love Dave. I almost texted him to see what... I don't know. I didn't want to get any... I feel like you're not the kind of person I need to get a scoop on. No, just just the only scoop uh, you need on Dave is that he's funny. He's really the funny one. Oh, yeah. But I was going to use him to get a scoop on you. Oh, I, yeah? Oh, yeah. Well... It, isn't that weird, though, what you said about Dave? Is that... um. I think that's why. I, in fact, I know that's why he's my manager. I don't know. I don't understand how you can have an unfunny comedy man, like a comedy manager. manager. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it it helps when they're funnier. It's almost hard when they're funnier. Like he's funnier <laughs> than me. Yeah, that's why man. I couldn't have him. <laughs> Because anything I went out for, he would end up getting. You know? So it was like you went out for funny people. Yeah, it was just a waste of my time. Like every sitcom I went out for that he set up, he got the part, he got the movie role. 
I had to sue him to get the role in Dumb and Dumber. It was crazy. That was him? And he wasn't even managing me. So that's even weirder. Damn you, DR. David Rapp. DR, troublemaker. Send him to the Dominican Republic. Is what yeah, I say that's to DR. You. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Comedy courtesy. Um, what was I going to. He just made me think of something. Who's your manager? Uh, Chris, Chris Fenton. I don't know anybody. I don't know why I asked. Yeah, I know. I don't even know him. Uh, we <laughs> met uh, through a website. It's, <laughs> no, he's like a Russian. Isn't... He's a Russian manager. We've it's, no. Yeah, we've never met. We've been ma- emailing, and uh, he wants to marry me. To he wants to move over here, but uh, he can't. Oh my god! Because of a, the papers, a Unabomber. <laughs> Most of the people that work at the comic book shop look like they're scheming some sort of plot. He leaves a box at the door and runs away. That's never. Uh... Who's that for? for me. Son of a bitch! I like getting gifts. You do? Yeah. Do you like getting gifts? I love it. Did you anything today or? Do I have anything for you? Yeah. Uh-oh. You're searching the my car. Po- you can have my car. A car. Wow. Well, let's see. What kind is it before I accept this? It's a delicious- golf. You know, <laughs> I always did like walking. My doctor says the more I walk, the better. Your so. boy needs plentiful fresh air. That's a, there will be blood reference. Have you seen that movie? There will be blood? Yeah. yeah. I will drink your milkshake? Yeah. I... Uh, I think Baskin Robbins missed a uh, ah, an crossover. Ad, an ad, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will drink your milkshake. Yeah, Baskin Robbins. I will make you a milkshake <laughs> with you know any spittling and it's H W Plain. It's it's vanilla. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. H W Plainview. Oh, his name is Daniel Plainview. Oh, was it in the movie? Yeah, Daniel Plainview. Oh my God, that was an intense movie. It's my favorite movie. Do you? Oh, it is. You're, you're. Isn't that weird? Because it's an intense kind of darker movie. But you're like a goof. <laughs> I, you know, give me your goddamn car. I'm gonna take it and just leave it in the driveway and never drive it. You're gonna walk everywhere. I haven't been called a goof since yesterday. How dare you? I just mean you're a goof. That's part A. Part B is, do you have a taste for darker things? Like, oh, because yeah. you're goofy. Yeah. So we have a surplus. We have those silos filled with goof. Yeah, yeah. So we're not wanting for silliness or fun. Yeah. We do yeah. it quite a bit. I mean, yeah. we can always use some more. Of course. But then when you get home, are you unwinding with, you know, The Departed or something? Um, You know, I'll watch me a good uh, The Walking Dead. Okay. Again, because I like to walk everywhere so I can relate. Um. <laughs> If you look closely, you can see me driving by. Is in a that golf. in a golf? Yeah. Oh my god! You're the only car driving yeah, outside yeah, yeah. of them. Wow, I wondered who that was. I was like, there goes one smart zombie, but it turns out it's you. Just doing wow. donuts, and burning wow. fuel. I got plenty. Wow. Well, you got lots. You got lots. Do you yeah. love zombie? Uh, because it's Patton Oswalt, I think, right? That had the the great question, which was if you like zombie fantasies, if you fantasize about being in a zombie scenario, yeah. You tend to be more community-minded, whereas hmm. if you fantasize that you're in a post-apocalyptic world, you're more of a loner. I'm more the loner. So you, do you like the apocalyptic stuff as well? Oh, yeah. I love it. Yes. I love it. I do, too. And zombies mystify me because I, I would think that the suicide rate in zombies would be a lot <laughs> higher than it is. I mean, basically, you wake up every day and you go, oh, man, I got nothing to live for. I'm dead. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> And then you try and you can't. Like you, you sit you, in a garage with your car bl- running. And, so, 
and after about 12 hours, you're like, holy shit, did I just run out of gas? What the hell? Oh, man. You have to blow yourself up. You got to do something. It's tough to kill yourself when you're dead. <laughs> Poor little zombies. I just want to hug them and cover them with cinnamon. It, w- it would stick. Yeah, it and it stick. would probably smell better, too. If you, would you mind just uh, sprinkling a little cinnamon on there, Gorgar? Stefan Urkel of the zombie world just splashing his face yeah. with cinnamon. Oh. He's like, have some respect. Yeah. Some yeah. self-respect. If you're going to die, die nicely, stinky. <laughs> I believe the Egyptians used to sprinkle their dead with cinnamon. And very... Oh, is that right? No. <laughs> Doesn't it sound real, though? It does. That's got to be real. I know they used to find mummies with, uh, with watermelon seeds in them no yeah which i always found odd because usually they're out in the middle of the desert and i've never seen a nice ripe watermelon what what, what were they eating Uh, well i guess watermelon (laughs) they were were very thin people that's where that watermelon diet started with the pharaohs are you kidding there's a watermelon diet yeah and what they do is they climb to the top of the pyramids crack the watermelon and it would evenly cut it four quarters would slide down each side Perfect. All the slaves waiting at the bottom. <laughs> it's worth it for the watermelon. Oh, beautiful wedge just slid right into their calloused, stone-moving hands. Are you okay? I'm not okay. You're, it's like the SARS is with us on the interview today. There's like four microphones, me, you, and SARS waiting for this one to fill in with Panomi or something. Oh, Good night. I don't know what happened. Then when I laughed, yeah. really hard, I cough. I don't know why. Wow. It could be SARS. It could what? be. Egypt was such a was such a flourishing land. I feel like there's nothing you could tell me about Egypt and I wouldn't believe it. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Because it's always okay. like, did you know they had plumbing? And you're like, oh. Yeah. Or did you like they had? Well, a- they did. They, I know. They had irrigation systems because aliens taught them how to do it. Well, that's like you said. You'll believe anything, so <laughs> you can convince yourself if you want. I won't say it. You, <laughs> you <laughs> seem like the sort of person. <laughs> You're a real goof. (laughs) You seem like the kind of person that would believe, like, I'm open to it. Yeah. Okay. I I forget who explained it this way, but I'm sure it was an online video without, you know, uh, sources cited. Yeah. But some guy was talking about we're we're just a bunch of Neanderthals and we're idiots. And then, like, kind of in the blink of an evolutionary eye, suddenly we're growing crops and right. architecture and irrigation and all that sort of stuff. Right. So that, if you watch shows like Ancient Aliens, they'll mm-hmm. be like, that's when, you know, they'll write about gods coming and teaching them things yeah. and manipulating their DNA and stuff. I don't know why I feel like that would be up your alley. It's up my alley. No, so it's so way up my alley. Don't Real be a, deep. Don't Real be. deep Real. in the crevasse, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm open to that stuff, too. Yeah. I, I find it interesting that I believe in evolution. Sure. But I also, you know, go from the leap where they say, you know, primates, chimps, gorillas are our closest relatives. Right. And on a good day, they can shove a twig down a termite mound. (laughs) And we've got the internet. You know what I mean? It's like... There's a huge leap there. I think I'm with you. Like, someone came down and, and fucking shaved us and taught us science. You know what I mean? Like, something happened. <laughs> something. Happened. It's a good day when you get the stick in the yeah, termite that, Like, that's a good... The rest of the day, they're pulling grapes out of their purple ass cheeks. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. 
<laughs> it's that's a story for them. Yeah. The day the yeah. twig went in. Yeah, oh yeah. Remember that that's day? That but they can't talk because they're fucking dummies. And yeah. we have the internet that's so perfectly put. Well, we have so we are so far beyond our nearest relative, and it's it's like, you know, the, you got to figure the chimps and the gorillas were around when when uh, you know neanderthal man was around homo yes. erectus and all that stuff right and they've been grooving along right beside us right. living in the jungles but yet <laughs> they still got the twig and they still got the termites yeah they, they uh, you think one of them would have at least come up with a a calculator you know something some basic form of <laughs> the calculator watch yes something i mean it ain't the they, internet they but should be in the 80s they should be <laughs> right they're like our retarded <laughs> Sisters who are a little bit behind, and <laughs> they should be watching like a chimpanzee Back to the Future, right? Something <laughs> slap bracelets, <laughs> something. They man. got hypercolor shirts, something. They're I doing mean, the same shit. They're doing the same shit. Yet we went from when I was born, we were watching <laughs> black and white TV, yes. and now we're uh, you know we can watch TV on our cell phones, right? Yeah. So why haven't the chimps upgraded? What have they done? Yeah, well, they ain't done nothing, man. And, you know, and, and it's like every comedian making fun of Amish people or deaf people or whatever. Yeah. It's like, don't worry, they can't. But don't worry, they can't hear us. They can't do shit, right. these dummy chimps. Well, even if you want to go to that denomination, it, not denom, uh, de- denominator. What's the word? Mm. Are we talking about fractions? Because then yeah. it is denominator. <laughs> denominator, yeah. I, I, somehow I'm thinking Arnold Schwarzenegger in a dress. <laughs> the denominator. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know even if you go to the amish yes i mean those bearded sons of bitches can put up a barn in half a day a chimp still just the twig and some lima bugs you know what i mean the amish are like it's so like, super evolved with the least evolved thing exactly <laughs> like they like, they're kicking some ass right they have the internet version of wood yeah thank and, you and stoves stoves uh, you they know. got a stove like that man yeah. they can boil a they tur- can bo- turnip and grow their own turnip and they can trim their beards so that they're square shaped the way they are i mean that, it's unbelievable yeah, they got shears somewhere i heard and it kind of broke my heart that amish people there's some there's some amish people that like secretly like watch the super bowl in the barn and stuff like have little yeah. little technology Areas. There has to be. But yeah. I want to believe that they're doing it. Like, it, it makes me sad to think that they're not doing that. But in a way, I makes me sad if they are doing it. Because it's yeah, like, better, it'd be nice to have, sad. like, a pure part of society that's not tainted by all the kind of crap and noise that we deal with. Right. Like, when you think of it, the Super Bowl is just a bunch of goons. Oh, see, I was agreeing you with know? you. Yeah, I, oh, I, I think see. it's sad that they are watching Got the you. Super okay. Bowl. Yeah, I, I, I want them to be churning butter. I Got really do. Yeah. Yes. If you want to watch the Super Bowl, and here's where a, be- a worse yeah. comedian would say Jebediah or whatever, oh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. insert Amish sure. name. But if you want to, leave the leave the township. I'm assuming it's a township. Yeah. Because you're right. It's We're, we're, we're suffocating in noise. Somebody um, tweeted... It was Kat Dennings because I, I find her very attractive and she um, she has an Instagram and she Instagrammed someone at the Grammys holding up a thing that says the lust industry earns billions polluting your soul wow. or something like that. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yes, yeah. they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking A, man. I mean, yeah. like, I, I, look, I'm the worst offender. We're doing uh, a podcast that I guess you could uh, – I'm sure some people would say this is contributing to the problem. I'd like to think it's something better than that. But, like – 
than like Toddlers and Tierras or, or, or some garbage show or whatever. I don't yeah. even watch that show. But you feel that way? Even though we're both in show business, you see all this oh, noise, yeah. you see the society, and yeah. we're just like, what are we doing? Yeah. It's just, it's all a bunch of fudge spinning around in the fudge machine, you know? It's a- <laughs> Centrifuge with there's a centrifuge of fudge. You just painted such a perfect picture of a of a shit shaped fudge piece. You know, really spinning. It it comes down to it's like we're part of this parasitical, you know, species called humans, and it's like you can reject it and go live in the woods and hate people. Yes, or you can go. You know what? I I didn't choose this fate. I was born into this. My parents got it on at the Motel Six one night. Here I am. If I have to be a human, if I have to blend into the seven billion, yeah. I might as well do something with it. I might as well contribute based on the parameters of the society yes. we've created. Yes. And, and it's all an illusion. I mean, it's all buildings and internet and it's all crap that, you know, I always say that any other species on the planet would step over 10 bricks of gold to, you know, get to a pile of carrion. Yes, you know, yes, yes. We're the only ones that put value on all this crap. Right. It's all it's all make believe. It's all make believe. It's all an illusion. Date. Yeah. yeah. Ego. Yeah. I'm Peter, you're Harlan. Yeah. That's all fake. Yeah. It's all fake. Yeah. It's all fake. It's Gold like, is fake. It, it's yes. like, I think it's like your bank account. Like people work their whole life to build up their bank account. But yes. think about it. What is your bank account? It's nothing. It's someone's telling you that you've got six digits. You've got six numbers. Yes. You've got you've got two hundred thousand dollars. You never see it. Right. You, you never touch it. Right. They just tell you it's in. You go. Oh, it's there. Yes. I, if I go in that building, I've got two hundred thousand <laughs> things in there. Just a high score in a video game that's gonna yeah. get unplugged. Right. And and the day the lights go out, man. You know, I'm gonna. I'm. I shouldn't have been mocking the monkeys with the sticks, but I better learn that <laughs> trick because the day the lights go out. Oh, you mean the apocalypse? Well, whether it's the apocalypse or just the power goes out because some guy working there pulls a Homer Simpson and yes. drops his clog in the yes, system. Yes, yes. You will see humans revert back to their primal, their primal state of being, like almost within a week. Well, that isn't that what all this is about? Is rejecting our primal state of being? Like a three-piece suit True. makes it really difficult to fuck somebody at work. You know what I mean? There's more to remove. Mm, not if you have a fly. <laughs> have you ever worked in an office, guy? I mean, good lord. You just zip down your fly, bend them over the Xerox. It's real easy. <laughs> wow. Wow, dead end. We just hit a dead end right there. No. No, yeah. no, Do you I'm wear like flyless pants? <laughs> what, what, do you, what kind of trousers do you wear? Like I've never... maitre d shorts or something? <laughs> you gotta have a you got a cummerbund that slipped down and you can't get I have it a out. Chastity belt. Well, God I have bless metal you. Metal underwear. God bless you. Wow. <laughs> okay, let's just say pants then. Pants, Pant, yeah. underpants. Yeah. are one step removed from fucking somebody. Then pants are two steps. Now we got fly and and you're you're leaving you're, out the very difficult moving the underwear down. Do you snap it under? Well, under they your have balls? a flap in them. The underpants have I've an opening. I've never used the flap on my underwear. Never, not once. You, dude, put your- are you a virgin? <laughs> Just tell what's what are you trying to tell me? Look, not all of us have okay. sex through okay. two flies. Yeah. The, the underwear fly is a joke fly. It, the flap is too overlaid. Have you never seen a glory hole? Some people have sex through a wall, a brick or or, or plaster wall. I have seen them in, in film. Okay, so pants are not a problem. 
There are cultures that do it through a sheet. I think there's a sect of the of the Jewish yes. religion where they have to cut a hole in a sheet. It looks yes. like a like a they're getting having sex through a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's crazy. With similar noises. It's like a ghost with one eye. Yeah. Ooh, 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 and ooh. chains. Sometimes there's Some chains. chains yeah. Sometimes there's chains. Yeah, and if you do it hard enough, sometimes there's a Halloween treat on the sheets when you're done. I don't know what that means, but you shoot a milk. Way. Yeah, someone's got a bowel problem. God. Good Lord. I don't know. I don't know. Do ghost shit? What are marshmallows? I don't know. What are the marshmallows? That would be such a funny ghost hunters. They find a pile of marshmallows. There's a scared ghost nearby. Yeah. This is ghost shit. And then they roast them and eat them. That's what we've been doing. That's the big joke the ghost community is playing on us. This ghost shit's real good if you brown it up a little. Mm. Make it more like ours. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> my point was, we were, we were talking about how this is all bullshit, which mm-hmm. I'm very interested in. Mm-hmm. The bank account thing is very interesting. Yeah. But I, I was trying to say, let's not go back to clothes. I'm just yeah. saying, even clothes are just sure, kind of like bullshit. You. Yeah. Job is bullshit. Day yeah. of the week is bullshit. It's all bullshit. But we're so afraid, I think. That's why we don't like things like like looking at like National Geographic or like thinking about like primal peoples who are not our closest ancestors who are us. Yeah. If you look at like the few remaining tribes of like Bushmen sort of style stuff, yeah. it's uncomfortable to people. Like thinking about us with our fancy souls and like our advanced brains living in the jungle. You know what I mean? But we were doing that. See, I'm the opposite. I think it's beautiful. Really? I love when you you're talking about the bushmen that do the clicking noises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even their language is primal. Right, and, right. And 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 the Aboriginal people in Australia sure. that are that you know, there's very few pure ones that still exist, but you're talking about cultures that see life and see a soul in everything, from a rock to a twig to yes. a- everything has meaning. They're very spiritual. Th- those are those are real humans with me. They, the, to me, they're part of the ecosystem. Beautiful, yes. So to me, I love those people. I'm jealous of those people. Yeah. But I wasn't born into that, and, and we've been spoiled by all the easy things we have. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I think I, you know, I'm with you when I look at it. Uh, certainly, I, I do see the discomfort, and I understand the homogenizing that we've done with uh, putting up a huge sky, Times Square. I'm yeah. thinking of Times Square. Yeah, in Times Square, I'm not in the jungle. You know, I'm, I, it's a concrete jungle. Yeah. But I'm just saying. Wow. What was that character? You that just was did. me. That was you okay. hating the joke that okay. my brain wanted okay. me to do, and okay. I told him no. But we compromised. I'll say it in a stupid voice, and he said, "Okay." By the way, just can I interject for a sec? Yes. Just for fans out there, Tim Allen's uh, Concrete Jungle just came out on Blu-ray <laughs> yesterday. So anyways, back to you. Uh, is that real? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> like I'd know about a Tim Allen movie. Good night, Nelly See, Furtado. I'm, I'm with you. In fact, no, I'd like to say one better, is that you, you convinced me, because I, I, I like what you're saying better than what I was saying. I was oh. saying, I see uh, Bushman. That sounds like a slur, but... You know, I, I, no, that's pure. I, they live in the bush, and they're yeah. a man. It's, see, that's how sensitive people are nowadays. That's, that's what they are. They're Bushmen. Right, but Chinaman... Well, they live in China, and they're men. <laughs> I've gotten in trouble before. You have. No, I'm teasing, but wow. that's, that's a slur. Is it really? Is Chinaman? It a, Chinaman is a slur? These two Chinamen, yeah, sure. You know what I find funny is when, whenever you do anything Chinese now, like if I talk like this, yes. like a Chinaman, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> 
God, but, yes, we are. We both. But are. if I talk like a British man and I do yes. his accent, I'm not going to get in any trouble Arlen, at all. Can I tell you something? I can't believe you're saying this. I have a bit. <clears throat> it's a new bit where I go. I know it's a stereotype, but at some point recently, a French person has gone, oh, ha, 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 right? Of course. And that's what I do. Yeah. And I play with that for a little bit. Yeah. Second part, I go, and a Japanese person recently has gone, oh, so. Yeah. Never laugh. They ne- they'll laugh. Really? And then the bit has now become me being like, you won't laugh. I knew you weren't going to laugh at the Japanese. Aso means I see. It's yeah. Japanese. Yeah. It does happen. Right. And it's a stereotype. And it's a stereotype because a lot of Japanese people were saying that. And for some reason, that's what we picked up on. And, and it became a negative thing or whatever. Yeah. But it is happening. But because, <clears throat> I think it's because I don't have straight black hair. I'm not Asian looking. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. if I looked even half Asian, I think I, it would be okay. Yeah. You look like you could be British, but you don't look like you could be Chinese. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. I did a movie called Rocket Man back in, like, the, the mid-90s. And there's a scene where I'm on live TV from my spaceship reporting back to Earth. Yes, and there's a scene where where I I go into a song where I'm singing. I got the whole world in my hands, and I can see the planet down there. And I start going into all these accents. I go into like a Dutch accent, yes. a British accent, yes. a French accent, a German accent. And when I did the Chinese voice, the executives say, "Oh, you can't do that one." And I said, "Why not?" It's it, it. And they go, "Well, it's probably racist." And I said, "No. If." What's the difference between me doing a Chinese voice yes. and like doing a redneck from down south? It's just right. and so I fought them on it and they left it in the movie. But yeah. it was amazing that they singled the Chinese thing out. I, I don't get it. Right. Yeah, is it because back in the day uh I, I'm getting this from the movie Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, nice. where, where at the beginning of the movie they would show like white guys Act with like buck teeth and big straw hats, acting like chi- like there was a there's like a history well, of yeah. being like oh, 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 oh. well if you throw that costume on that's like going into blackface right. you know like I could sit here and do like a black man voice like hell no yeah 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 you know but if I go into blackface then that's that's right. insulting but there there should be no difference between me doing a black accent and a, and a black guy like. Was, talking like a white guy, you know, they often do this voice right, for some right. reason. I don't uh, know why. Sir, turn down your hip hop, <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> so I don't know what the hang up is with the Chinese. I'd, I'd like to ask them and see if they're insulted. You know, I yeah. bet they're not. I bet they're like, yeah, that's the that's our accent when we talk English. Right. It's actually kind of interesting because I think it's there's two things that are true. I agree with what you're saying. And also, I've noticed that Asians, uh, in, I know there are lots of different types of Asian. I'm talking Japanese, Chinese, the the <laughs> the big superpowers sure, of, of yeah. the Asian stereotypes yeah. uh, are the only people that you can kind of make fun of still. Like you can make in comedy, you can make a joke about it's hack, but you could do ninjas. You could talk about math. You could talk about violins and stuff. You know that stuff seems to be a little huh. bit more okay. The voice, though, not okay. Really, I disregard that. I, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do that voice every chance I get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Can we talk about you said, you said something interesting about <laughs> The voice is great Aborigines Seeing a soul in everything Yeah, And I think that's where they're uh, That's where they're definitely winning when we, when we do see a soul in a rock Or a twig or a bird And in you and I see you And we're both being present And we're, we're doing a lot of things that are very present We're hunting and we're not thinking about tomorrow. We're just thinking about that food that we're going to eat today. Yeah. So they're, they're, the needle is really on the record. 
Whereas we, I think, live in a culture where everything is soulless. So let's put ourselves in Times Square and we're looking at all these, their advertisements basically, which puts us into the future. You go, I would like some Skittles later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, I'd like the new Britney Spears album comes out November 15th or whatever. So it's, it's taking us out of the moment sort of stuff. We're not in that place. And I think there is something beautiful and spiritual about what they're doing yeah, that yeah. we lose, that we gain from like, you know, mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> wow, nice. Yeah, the, the shrooms. Well, let me ask you this. Maybe, and this is a possibility, maybe uh, people have shifted their focus from, you know, I don't think people on a daily basis think about rocks and twigs, but maybe people have injected a little bit of their souls into their cell phones and yeah. their computers because all these things become very personal now. Yes. The, the, you know, I've literally, you know, I've literally gone out to lunch with my cell phone instead of calling a friend because I want to be with my cell phone. Yeah. I want to read USA Today. I yes. want to play a game. Yes. I want to I want to spend time with my cell phone. So maybe inadvertently we've right. shifted some of our our soul into I think that's true. these belongings, but it's sad because they're not they're not real. They're not part of the earth. That's it, it's a, it's a synthetic. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it, we're doing we're get we're mainlining uh, a fake type of social but it's better. In a lot, it feels better, like a drug, like a synthetic drug. It feels better than actually conversing with somebody because you can control it. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit more private. You read your your tweets, you read your you look at your Instagram, you look at your Facebook, you play a game, you read your email. It's all very controlled. You yeah, know what I mean. True. Whereas when when I'm talking to you, I could offend you. I could, you know what I, I mean. Hope so <laughs> you mean with the word goof. <laughs> In the first minute? No, I'm not offended. I love no, that no, word. No, 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 no. I, I didn't I think love for, that word. That, I love it. That would not at all. Not well, you at could all. offend me. I, I wouldn't care. But, like, here's the deal is, is like, when I'm talking to you, yeah. there's a billion things happening right now. Like, yeah. when I said billion, you, you pulled your head back a little bit and your yeah. eyes widened. Yeah. Ba- babies, when we're babies, can read all these different expressions yeah. on faces. It's, yeah. it's one of the things we're born with. Sure. It's really incredible. They yeah. know what angry and scared and happy and all these yeah. different things look like. That's Ooh. why it's good to laugh at babies. So I'm reading your face. Yeah. And every every I'm, I'm looking at your... I, I don't want to make you self-conscious, but like you're holding your water cap bottle and I'm like, yeah. uh, does he have enough water? And is he comfortable? What's the temperature? And how's he... More, most importantly... How does he feel about me? How, do, how am I coming across? When I'm on my phone, I don't think about any of that. You know oh, what I mean? Right. There's more yeah. control. Got it. Got I it. I think. So now you have to deal with these reciprocal feelings and emotions and vibrations. Exactly. And... It's intense. By the way, you just – I'll get back to that. But you no, just please. sparked an idea. Hit it. Um, you know, the billions of dollars we've been spending since uh, 9-11 yep. with this uh, face recognition technology at airports. Yes. I think we should – after what you said about babies detecting expressions, we should just hang them up on poles in airports and <laughs> – have them scan the crowd. Yeah. Look for babies. faces. Do any of these babies, are they making the terror face? Yeah. I mean, honestly. Cry if they are. Yeah. They're all crying. There's terrorists everywhere. Terrorists everywhere. <laughs> Lockdown. El Quaidas, or whatever the hell they're called. El Quaidas. Not a new cereal. El Quaidas. It's so funny. Uh, this guy named Jeff Sienna, who I don't think does comedy anymore. Oh. I started with... <laughs> we lost him. Oh. <laughs> he, uh, he had this joke right around... <laughs> 9-11 where he was like, Al-Qaeda sounds like a brand of barbecue sauce. Oh, wow. Delicious. It's so funny. He's yeah. like, delicious Al-Qaeda barbecue chips. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I Don't you hate My that? My mouth is watering when right somebody, now. <laughs> the 
infidelity. Want me a bag of those? The zesty taste of infidelity. Do they Wait, have no. the uh, ruffled Infi- ones? Infi- oh yeah. Oh, because those... it cuts up the mouth of the infidel. Oh God, I love it. Like like the teeth of a baleen whale. <laughs> um, you know, my my friend's father it was one of the pioneers of that technology. He works for a company called Visage, which uh, of course is French. What face, face recognition? Yeah. Oh wow. Which I thought was so interesting. It's yeah. so funny. No matter what your dad does. Your son will think it's stupid because I was like, "What? You can look at?" It. And he was yeah. like, "Shut up, stupid!" Yeah. <laughs> like, he oh, just yeah. wants to go to the basement yeah. and play video games. But yeah, he does that, which is which is pretty wild. Yeah, that's amazing. But that goes back to the stick, and and meanwhile, we're developing cameras that in real time can tell who's what. Yeah, yeah. But you know what this means? What? The more things stay, the the more things change, the more they stay the same. Right? We're gonna history is just gonna repeat itself. So in the past, yeah. Goofy costumes used to work. Like if you're going to rob a bank, you'd put on like a fake nose and a mustache (laughs) and be like, stick them up. And now that's ridiculous. But now with the facial recognition, we're going to see criminals with like fake rosy cheeks. There's still still guys that do it. There was that guy they just caught, I think uh, late last year, called the old man. Bank robber? No, and he, he dressed was, up like an old man. He was this guy that he, he he's ripped off like like a hundred and twenty banks over the last eight years, dressed as an as an old guy. Yes, and they I think <clears throat> they just caught him like last year. That's so you know it's funny that that came back. First of all, that's hilarious. And then he played Kyrie Irving in one on one. If you get that, you're a young person. <laughs> yeah, no. Kyrie Irving is a basketball player. He dressed up like an old person and went to like Harlem and played basketball. Oh, like, really? Pick, pick up games. It's very funny. Huh? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know that. I did. I wouldn't. Somebody sent it to me. Anyway, I don't even know if I believe that, to be honest. I, you, you, when you watch it, especially as a show busies, you're going to watch it and be like, mm, yeah. they see the cameras. I mean, somebody not, has I'm to know something. Believing it. Yeah. Is it gonna... fun? Why, we love bank robbers. Like, we, yeah, we love, love, them. love bank robbers. Love them. And is it, does it, does it, <laughs> <laughs> posters in the bedroom of bank robbers? Farrah Fawcett, the Duke brothers. Bank robber, the old guy, and there was a guy in Australia who used to dress up like Rod Stewart and go in. Really? Yeah, and rob banks. That means Rob Stewart. Rob Stewart, nice, <laughs> very nice. That means at some point it was in Australia. Yeah, a, an Australian police officer was like, "Can we be certain it's not Rod Stewart?" Right. Right. Think- Acid wash jeans, sure. <laughs> who but Rod Stewart would assume that image? Yeah. But you're talking about the number, mm-hmm. our bank account, which which kind of blew my mind. You're right. We look at it, and it's just this belief system. It gives us comfort or it gives us panic. Right. Now, believe it. If you don't have any money, you won't have any food, and you, that that sure, becomes sure. very real. Right. But uh, I think that might be one of the reasons why we love bank robbers is because they are these people that are just like fuck everything. They're these yeah. little viruses. Yeah. Like it's one of those crimes that everyone seems to enjoy. Yeah. Well, I've said many times over the years to girlfriends, because I think it would be a complete rush. Like, it would be a rush. I said, let's rob a 7-Eleven, but with fake guns. Yes. So no one gets hurt. But I want that. You know, I have fantasies with, with women. Sure. I would love to do the Bonnie and Clyde thing where you rob a 7-Eleven or whatever, someplace with a fake gun. Mm-hmm. There's no way anyone could get hurt mm-hmm. except you. You might get shot being an idiot doing it. Mm-hmm. And then you jump in the car. And you you ride, you know, you get like two hundred, three hundred dollars, but it's not it's not it's getting not the, the money. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the it's the thrill of being with a hot chick, 
Uh, you're on the fly. You oh. go to a cheesy hotel. Yes. You make love. You roll in the money. You go buy <laughs> stupid stuff. You know, yeah. for about for about two three days, you would just be like, "This is awesome." Exactly. And then it, you, then you'd be over it. You'd be like, "That was the dumbest thing we've ever done." But just just that one night, right? If I could go to Fantasy Island, I think that would be it. Well, that was in the movie um, Ray Fiennes. Uh... Uh, they sell someone listening to the podcast is yelling right now. Oh what no! It is. It, I like the name of the movie. It's it's that movie where they people put these things on their heads. Oh, and, the James Cameron movie, wasn't it? Was it? No. Anyway, sorry. You can like the, presumably in this movie, uh, you put I, I put a recorder on my head and then I go and do stand up. But okay. you're inside my body, and then you could buy the disc of the experience oh, okay. of, me, of being in my body. So it's like Avatar for like bad people. Yes, in the and city. it's yeah. older. Yeah, I remember it vaguely. Yeah. yeah, I forget what it's called. It came out with some really cool trailers and was very like futuristic, and Wait, then it just bombed. End of Strange Days. Yeah. Yes, it I was just, gonna say kind of aided. I remember it. It, it. it looked like a neat idea, but then it never. Never did well. See, and I was young enough where I was just like, it's a movie, so it's great. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I had no concept of, like, it didn't do well at the no, box I office. Got, yeah. But then one of the things they do in that is uh, people do robberies. Yeah. And I look, one of the weird truths is that those things, we're aware, and society is aware, that there's probably no better feeling than what you just described. One, that's one of, like, doing something wrong. Yeah. In fact, the, a society is the only thing that provides the opportunity to get those thrills. Yeah. I, t- I talk about this on stage. I'll open a drink in the supermarket and drink right. it before I paid for it. Yeah, I've done that. It's the last vestige of like – because it's completely defensible. Yeah, and you know you're going to pay for you're it. So, pay as long for as it. you don't drink the barcode, you're good. If you drink that barcode, you're a thief. But as long as you don't mulch that up and pulp it if, down. If I do that and you come out dressed as a shop manager and go, don't drink that barcode, son. Yeah. I would laugh for about two days. Yeah. <laughs> don't. Don't. Because that's all it is. You, they don't care about the liquid. They just care about the barcode. Right. Well, oh God, I'm sorry. I was thinking about the next question. Oh. Oh. <laughs> where we were going. So oh I just God. said, right. And right. I, I, yeah. I betrayed you, and no, I'm so I sorry. Like right. I like to be right. It's better than being the other way that I am normally. <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing. Rules and breaking rules, it's, it's one of the great privileges that we have. Chimpanzees don't have that. Everything's allowed in the chimp society. Sure, yeah. Uh, so when I always think of Disney World. Disney World is one of the funnest places yeah. to do something wrong. Right. Because it's so right. Everything yeah. is so structured and ordered. I broke into Epcot Center. Ooh. Or I stayed after it closed. I like it. Me and a friend. And it was like the most innocent thing. Wow. They just play a bell sound when you're supposed to leave at like yeah. midnight. And we, we just stayed. Where'd we, you stay? Like with the dinosaurs? Just, or where, where, where'd you hide? And cr- let's crawl in that dinosaur egg, <laughs> Billy. <laughs> the funny thing, there's no ghost protocol for people that stay in Epcot after it's closed. They just don't know what to do. And I mean that in a good way. First of all, we got in without tickets. I was performing there. Okay. And I did a show, and they wouldn't let me in. And uh, the woman was like, I'm sorry. She was like, she was probably like 16 years old. And you can see what city she's from on her name oh, tag. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she's like, I'm so sorry, I can't. And people are walking in going, hey, great show tonight. And I'm like, thanks. See, I, I work for the park, basically. Let me, please, look. Because I would have bought a ticket. Yeah. But the ticket booth closes at like 5. The park closes at midnight. Midnight. Weird. So I'm like, That's I would have bought one earlier. Yeah. So I'll never forget it. I walked past. Uh, finally, they had to open the gate. It's me and uh, this other person for, that worked for Comedy Central. They open the gate, 
and for a woman with a baby. And I just went in with them. Nice. And I was like, Amira, come on. And she came too. And then the girl was like, please, please come back. And I go, I understand that's your official position. And I will tell anyone that asks me that you tried to stop me. But I'm not wow. going to stop. And then we just kept going. Wow. And it, like, suddenly I didn't have any blood. It was all adrenaline. Because yeah. I'm, I'm a super puss. I don't break any rules. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. Right, right. And she didn't get in trouble, by the way, in case anyone's worried. Oh. I just got... <laughs> I don't know what she did. Tired of the log ride. Send her down. Oh, that's Magical Kingdom, yeah, man. She's yeah. tired of the educational, like, realistic China. Wow. <laughs> if you did the voice, it would be okay in China. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> that was like Chinese Elmer Fudd there. Ah! Oh, you I'm going to fry your ass. <laughs> so... Anyway, I, the, the point of the story is that I went around Epcot. Yeah. We stayed in late. We never got in trouble because every time we ran into somebody, they were like, you guys are supposed to go. And we're like, no problem. We're on our way out. You know, like we just They kept, were that friendly? They like, couldn't have been friendly. The security guards were like. First of all, no security. Oh. Second of all, all the rides are unlocked. We went in every building. Every building, and wow. and the rides weren't running, but it was it was one of the most magical. Amazing. You want to talk about the magical? This yeah. and every pool I saw, I climbed the fence and jumped in the pool. So I'm like wet wow. and a little bit drunk, and it was the one of the greatest nights of my life. The wow. reason I told you that story is to tell you that like breaking rules, robbing banks, you robbing a bank, yeah. would be the best. Yeah, it. You're right. Yeah, we don't yeah. do it because you might die. You might get arrested, all these sorts of things. Yeah. But death and arrest, th- those are things in, in place to stop us from doing stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I, you know, this is to make it even weirder, and I feel like this came up recently on the show, but a serial killer uh, wrote about how killing people was the biggest rush of his life. Good like, Lord. V- very openly was like, I'm aware that it's wrong, and that's why – that's part of why – like doing something – doing the worst thing. Yeah, You yeah. know what I mean? So we do have this dark – Huh, side to us that wants to rob banks. That I'm not saying anybody wants to murder anybody, but like we want to do bad things. Yeah. Well, you have to assume serial killers they enjoy must it. enjoy it. They or must why enjoy. Would it. They do it. You know. I bet the, the whole thing, the guilt and the and doing it, and then the guilt, and then the repenting, and then the doing it again, and then beating yourself up. I've had similar relationships with uh, different sins. I'm putting sin in yeah, quote sin, in my yeah. own life. Yeah, of course. I anyway, are you a believer in sin? Is there things we're supposed to be doing and things we're not supposed to be doing? I am a believer in in sin as in dark forces and people doing things wrong as in people doing things that hurt other people. Like yeah. murder, yeah. Oh, yeah, murder. And, you know, I, I just can't kind of fathom the concept of people who wake up in the morning. You know, their alarm clock goes off. They put on their socks, put on their shoes, put on their pants, and then, uh, you know, stretch, yawn, and go, who can I hurt today? Yeah. Who can I rob? Who can I physically harm? Who can I steal from? And the concept that that runs through their mind, just it, it's very sad to me. Right. But it, it's, just, it's, it's just awful that, that people, there are people that, that have that. Isn't it, uh, this comes up on the show, it's an Alcoholics Anonymous thing, I think, where they say hurt people hurt people. So someone that's hurting someone else is also hurting. And this brings me to my next theory, mm. which is I think I'm, I'm a pretty big believer in self-love, which is a gross thing to say. Yeah, but I think is if a we, little uncomfortable. Isn't it uncomfortable? Yeah. yeah. The, 
look, I'll be the whipping boy for the for the cause because I believe that if everybody loved themselves a little bit more, yeah, it would help them love other people. You know, it starts with sure. you. Sure, I'll buy into that. Right, I believe that. Yeah, because then I value myself, and then it helps me value you. If I Beautiful. don't value Beautiful. me, then maybe I'd be that much quicker to. Doing a hit and run or something. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. That is that is beautiful. But on the same note, it's like I don't feel like I've, I want to excuse people who are from the wrong side of the tracks. And right. go, hey, man, I was done wrong, so now I'm going to do wrong to right, you. Right, like, right, to right. me, that's just, you know, I, th- I think people, most human beings, unless they're chemically imbalanced or have, you know, severe mental issues, can know the difference between sin and bad and good. And, right. And I think anyone who commits a crime, they 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 make the decision to do it. Mm-hmm. And and fortunately, in this society in America, there's there's ways where people can justify and and kind of uh, make a blueprint for getting out of it because they know the judicial system is so flawed and the right. legal system's got so many holes. And and I think people go, you know what? What I'm about to do is really wrong. I'm going to hurt people, but. Oh, I'm going to get out of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do this, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to walk away from I it. I think you know what it is. Is when I was in high school, we ha- we had a, like a little touchy feely um, segment or whatever. Uh, we had like a therapist and all this sort of stuff, and then we realized that we could. Uh, like I took a test and I wasn't ready for it, and I told it wasn't a lie. I was having basically a panic attack. Oh, really? So I told the teacher that I like couldn't focus. Wait, uh, just so I'm clear, a. A psychiatrist came into the, the no, school? No, I, I just knew that we had those uh, things available to us. You know, like a, there was a therapist in the school. Like in the school. school. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you went to see the therapist? So Is like, that what you're saying? Here, I'm kind of saying what I did was a little bit wrong, was a little oh, bit of, okay. of an abuse. I wasn't going to do well on the test. That's okay. what gave me the panic attack. I should have studied. Yeah. And then I abused the system and said, can I be excused? And I could, and I could take the test on another day. Oh, okay. So I think that's kind of what's happened in the judicial system in that. And I'm out of my depth here, so just listen to these as basic sure. thoughts from an idiot. Yeah. There are cases, and I always cite this case on the show, but there there was the sniper in Texas uh, who shot 37 blah, blah people. Remember in the bell tower? He's the one that like kind of started it all. Yeah, the silicon chip inside her head gets switched to overload. You know that song? No. The Boomtown Rats? It's I a- Don't Like Mondays. That song is about that individual. Is it? Yeah. Interesting. It's a great song. It's It was a number one top radio I- hit. The switch was... The silicon chip inside his head gets switched to overload. The silicon... Oh, and nobody's gonna go to school today. He's gonna make them stay at home. And daddy doesn't understand it. He always said he was good as gold. And he can see no reasons, because there are no reasons, no reasons that you need to be told. Tell me why I don't like Monday. Yeah, you got it. Tell me why. I don't know. Right at the the end, you got it. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great tune, man. Well, that guy, there wasn't a silicon chip in his head. There was a brain tumor. Yeah. And uh, he wrote in his suicide note, because he killed himself, that he was uh, having these feelings uh, of mass murder for the past uh, six months. And I want you to look at my brain. I insist that you do a biopsy on my brain or whatever. Nice. And uh, they did. And then modern science now knows that the sec- section of his brain that had this tumor 
was in charge of things like impulse control, uh, maniac, suicidal, and uh, destructive murder thoughts mm. or whatever. Uh, and I'm definitely, you know, oversimplifying this. Um, and the other example I always use is there, there was this guy who wasn't – he was like my age. Uh, then all of a sudden like that, he just was very aroused by children, uh, goes to the doctor. Uh, he didn't act on it. Unrelated goes to the doctor and he had been turned on by kids for like six months or whatever. Yeah. They were like, well, six months ago a tumor started growing in your brain. Or they were like, you have a tumor in your brain. It's probably been there like six months. And it was in the part of his brain that controls things like sexual appetite and, and right, you know, right. ba- boundaries, all that sort of stuff. Hmm. They take the tumor out. He's no lo- he no longer has the feelings anymore. The, the, the great punchline to that story is then like another couple years later, he sees a kid scampering by at the pool and he's aroused. He knows to go back to the doctor. The tumor had started growing back and they got it really early. Really? Interesting. So there's, there's the case for who can we judge? Like how ethical is it to judge anybody? Yeah. And then also I'm here with you to say you're right. Because of things like that that make us consider that ethical question, we have endless numbers of more people who will take advantage of it. Right. And be like, it wasn't me. I have a brain tumor. And so he does have a brain tumor. But like where does our humanity end and our conscious choice choosing end and when does it become like a physical thing? It's tough and the answer can be – can be complicated or it can be simple. It can be harsh. And, you know, sometimes the answer to me when I get mad is, you know, there's a lot of people. There's 7 billion people. If some guy decides to, you know, stick his hand down a little boy's pants, whether he's got a brain tumor or he's a liar or he's just a perv, you know what? We got 7 billion of us. We don't need them. And that's harsh. (laughs) That's the harsh way to go. But I'm looking out for the kid. I couldn't give a fuck if a guy has a brain tumor or he's chemically imbalanced or he had a bad upbringing. And that's that's really harsh. But I, I the, the idea of a okay. kid's life being ruined by some guy it drives me nuts. I'm about to say something horrible. Are you ready? Great. The kid then, let's say this guy's been molesting this kid for a long time. Yeah. And you kill the guy. Yeah. The kid now... Has it has abuse in his past? Yeah, and I'm not saying I'm not saying anything like this. Yeah, I'm just saying in your harsh black and white world, you go well. Statistically, this kid is more likely to do something, possibly. Uh, it's possible. And I don't but, I don't know if that's true, by the way. And yeah. I and I said that was horrible. I'm the, just well. They it to say you. That, that that a lot of times that stuff gets passed along. That's so, what I'm saying. So so Sins the idea the that father. he might have those feelings is one thing, but if he acts on those feelings, right. that's another thing. Right. So we're not and, killing we're not killing people that it's, it's minority report. That's what we're talking about. It's like you might commit a crime so we stop you before you do it but you didn't do it. Yeah, no, stuff. that's that's pushing it too far. But if people do it, it's it's like it sounds super harsh, but you know, th- th- there's most of society just wants to get through life and not have not be molested or raped or robbed right. or stolen from. And unfortunately, in, in any environment, in any species, there's always going to be a small percentage that perpetuates this stuff. And right. I don't know. I, I'm just asking the question, is it better just to carve them out and like get rid of them and let everyone move on peacefully? Or do you keep trying to you know rehabilitate them and fix them and put them back in society where 
how often do you see these stories where it's repeat offender after repeat offender? Right, right. You know, the drunk driver on his third DUI kills a family. Right. You know, the child molester on his third offense of molesting a kid ends up raping and killing a kid. Right, like, right, right. I, I'm personally, I don't have time for that. Well, do you watch Breaking Bad? No. Oh, you should watch Breaking Bad. Is it good? I hear it's amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. and and you you can do it the best because you have so many of them. You can kind of watch it at your leisure, and you'll you'll love it. Okay, but, and it's not a spoiler, but there's a character named Mike in the show that makes that point. He was like, um, when cops go to a physical abuse case, and it was yeah. so routine, and then one day the guy killed the girl, and it's like we should have. Yeah, why? You know, it, my my approach is people are going to listen to it and go, "What a dick!" But at the same time, it's like I'm looking out for your kids. I'm looking out for you. It's like I really don't have a lot of patience for the person who's who's you know not right. You're I, Judge Dredd. I'm 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 looking out for the people that don't deserve this type of uh, things to happen to You're them. You're looking out for Mega City One. I guess I am. I guess I am. And I know I know it's harsh and it's cold, but I'll tell you what, man. If you had a kid or I had a kid or anyone listening had a kid and somebody, you know, a repeat offender, like, raped your kid or did something horrible, I can't stomach that. It's like, get rid of the problem, you know? Yeah. But it's, it, it, you know, I get it. There's a lot of grayness. There's a lot of blurred lines but where it's the, like, who, what, how long has he been out? You know, what what did he really do? Is, is, what, did he really get convicted? You know, th- that's right. the problem. There's, right. There's so many gray areas. But that's the but problem with life. That's life. See, it's annoying. What you're saying is appealing. What you're saying appeals to our instinct and is why we survive as a species. We have this black and white, cut it off, leave the sick person in the herd because we have to keep going. We're on a pilgrimage and we got to get to water or we're going to die, so leave that sick person. And when I say sick, I just mean people oh, sick I know, I know, in, I know. in a perverted, or demented way. the same way. thing. We're in a herd and there's the guy that keeps diddling everybody. Fuck it. You can hack him in the face with your machete and <laughs> yeah. you're, you're the alpha and you keep going. Yeah. But the problem with life and everything is like... I mean, you run into those cases where it's like, oh, that guy was innocent, or like, you run into one. So in your situation, right. you have to be like, yeah, I make mistakes. You have to be like Mystic River, spoiler alert. But at the end, Sean Penn yeah. killed Tim Robbins, and he's just like, yeah, I thought he, uh, I thought he raped my, I and know, my and it, it, that's why it's so hard to pull that off. But it, you know, at the, at the end of the day, if you if you go by my harsh analysis, it's like. Look, there's a lot of people. Right. You know what I mean? At, at the end of... Yeah, but at, you know what this movie is? This is act one of the movie, yeah. and you're you. Yeah. And you know what act two is? You know what the beginning of act two is? It's I get nailed for something. You get for Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and then you have to escape. This is the story yeah. as old as time. Yeah. And you're like, I know. And they're like, the Harland Law says. And you're like, fuck the Harland Law. I'm Harland. I know. But what's funny is at the end of the end of the end of the end of the day... I thought you were going to say at the end of the movie, you kill yourself because you're like, that's how much I believe in well, Harlan's no, at the end, Well, no, at the end of the day, it's all just people. And much like we talked like earlier, people like Bono and Abraham Lincoln and Martin <laughs> Luther King and, and Jesus and whoever, yeah. they're all just human beings with stories. And we've we've taken just a man full of bones and muscle and tissue and ideas, and we've put that person up. If if you want to say, let's say human beings are skyscrapers, yes, we've made bigger skyscrapers out of other people, and and right. all the fantasy we put around them, all the amazing. Well, it's only in the human world, and it's it's only 
It's only because we made them like that. But we're all just people. They do be, they become symbols. I think about this yeah, all the time. Yeah, and I'm not saying they're not. I, I like them. I, I like you know great people and symbolic people. And but at the same time, I also look at you know if we're just one big tribe of humans, it's like it's like you know they're just stories. You know, right. all the other species on the planet, like gorillas don't think about the gorilla that walked away that saved the girl from the tree, you know, right. or the, the cheetah that saved its cub from, from the lion. It's like that, that story's gone the minute they turn around. Right. But we hold on to all this stuff, like football heroes and well, sports that, it's heroes. Ego. And, it's all ego, and and so it's it's. it's but animals it's, have no ego, and they're in the. Mo- that's a beautiful thing, actually. Yeah, what you just said, a, yeah. a, a tiger that saves its cub is not doing it so that later it will be perceived as a good tiger, right? And you should give it extra food. Yeah, it just goes back to it's where's the- my mind. I am. Yeah. Oh well, it goes back to what I'm saying. It's like you know we're talking about preserving these people and helping these people, and and you know it, it's it's weird because it all just breaks down to. If we're a collective group of people and there's a, a you know some of them are bad it's like you know if we didn't have all these stories you'd probably just cut them out you'd cast them out you know what i mean like if we were if we were a tribe of cavemen of 7 billion cavemen we were still primal yeah and there were people that were hurting the tribe yeah. they would be cast out right but we as a civilized culture we try to keep them in the in the fold and and in doing so, sometimes we really rehabilitate, but a lot of times they just keep going on and perpetuating pain. I And look, I again, I'm going to concede that what you're saying appeals to me. It's just interesting because grace and forgiveness are things that make us True. Human. And I'm, I, I and agree with those. If we take it to a smaller fault, yeah. it's not somebody going around um, raping or killing or right. hurting children, but it's somebody that like ate more food than they ought to. And I'm the alpha of the tribe, and like it's up to me to club this guy, right? Right. <laughs> or be like, you know, I've been hungry too. I don't know what blood sugar is, but he probably had low blood sugar. <laughs> Let's leave him be. And then, like, you know, we don't want to get rid of that. No, I'm, I'm again, this is extreme cases of, yeah, sure. of, of you know, harming children and right. raping women. Well, what like do we that. do to those people now? Don't we do that now? Not really. I mean, look how, you know, if, if you went in and looked at the statistics or, or looked at the, the crime folders on, on rapists and murderers and child perverts, I bet you'd see these are people that have been in and out of the system, a lot of them right. that have been in and out of the system you let, know, let many me, times. Let me put this to you, two things. One thing that I think about all the time is I think it's possible to make a 30-minute film about anybody that would make you hate somebody. Absolutely. Or make you love them. Politics, yeah. Either way. Yeah. Like we have the most intimate moments of your life I have you in sixth grade sure. giving your milk to nerdy, nerdy Nettie, and you gave him your chocolate milk, and it meant so much. And then I can also make the thing of, of you, like, at our lowest. Yeah. Calling some oh, yeah. woman a cocksucker as you Hello. cut her off in traffic. Yeah. And all this, like, garbage. Just, like, yeah. like worse things. Like Absolutely. Really. So that dichotomy, that idea, and I try and keep that in my mind when I'm dealing with people, is even if you're getting someone who's super shitty, I always have that fantasy of, like, what if I took this person and we we sent them to Fiji, right? And and like, what if I had a hundred billion dollars and here's some guy and he's just a fuck up and and he does seem pretty evil and he, and he's shitty. Could we send him to Fiji? Could we uh, introduce him to things, love, 
even stuff like better nutrition. I know that's kind of crazy, sure. no, but like get, yeah. give them exercise, give them better nutrition, give them light, uh, sunlight, yeah. give them community, give them purpose, give them structure. You know what I mean? It's like this is your job. This is you, you get fulfillment out of it. I don't know if that works for everybody, but some of those people stop stabbing people. Stop. But the, the, what you're missing is they've already done it. You know what I mean? So you're, you're putting all that rehabilitation on the shoulders of a victim. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Which, which, I, which is where, it again, gets, it's, it gets blurry for me. And I, I believe in compassion. I believe True. in forgiveness. I believe in the human spirit. I, I love that stuff. You know, I think we've all had moments in our life where we've had to forgive people that have done us wrong. But, again, this comes down to extreme cases right. and and. I'd rather I'd rather bank on the well-being of the math. The the child that yeah. might get abused or the woman that might get raped versus the well-being of this guy that's already shown his hand right. that he can be very destructive to another human being. The other thing though I say to that is that you are you because um because of your upbringing, because you were taught certain values and stuff. And then I think about, like, brainwashing. When I think about, uh, like, did you watch Homeland? I'm guessing. No, it, I didn't. Watch Breaking Bad first. In okay. fact, I, I, you don't even need to watch Homeland, in my opinion. Screw Homeland. It, it was good, but I don't know if it was as good as everyone said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that you agreed. And you haven't no, seen I haven't it. That was, seen that was it. really right. beautiful. You're right. I You're really right. like that. You're right again. I, I like yeah. a bl- because of yeah. a, a bond. No. You're going to side with me. Yeah. Oh god! I'm, I on love, your, I'm on your side I with love. this one. <laughs> but in that, uh, we talk about here. I'll tell you two things. One is when someone is captured by the enemy in war and they're tortured, and they come back, and we see them still in the suit and, fl- and raising the flag and, and and walking with good posture and coming back to their family and, and returning. We love that because that's a story of the human spirit not being broken. Right. But there is a situation possibly. Where I take you as you are today, yeah, and we do a different thing. Well, I'm not taking you to Fiji. I'm taking you to the worst place. We're going to Guantanamo, Guant- Guantanamo Bay. Guantanamo. We're going to something like that. Yeah. And every day I'm gonna, I'm just gonna break you down, which yeah. which we know is possible. Yeah. And then I'm going to uh, brainwash you, and I'm going to teach you through uh, abuse or whatever to hate your fellow man, to distrust, open up the idiot mammal inside of you. And turn you into something that you're not, or, or, or you know, manipulate you in another way to somehow hurt other people. Yeah, I mean, then what? Then you're hurting other people, and you're still making that choice. But at some point, and these are extreme examples, and I don't, know, I don't know what to say to this. But like, at, what I'm saying is just basically like we're, we're, I think what we're saying is when we're looking at a person and we're trying to judge it, how close do we zoom in? Right. And I think. Um, "Quote unquote," compassionate people are saying, "Let's let's take a wide shot." And yeah. Like this kid grew up, and his mother threw him in a dumpster, and then uh, here he is at at twenty nine, and he uh, he killed someone that looked just like his mother, or, or whatever. Right. Right. And you're saying, "Let's let's zoom it in close." And again, there's that's an appeal. And you go, "Fuck that! I don't care about." Years one through twenty nine. I care. <laughs> it sounds like a good lawyer. I don't care about that. I care about <laughs> April nineteenth. Yeah. And I care about 2 p.m. And I care about a young man leaving a movie. Th- you know what I mean? Nice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. But that and, and that is appealing to us. That, again, goes yeah. to us being like, problem. People want to pop blisters and cut out tumors and all that sort of shit. We like it. Yeah. I don't know. 
I'm not even going to put it to you because I feel like it's just too much of a moral quandary. Yeah, it's it's tough because, like I said, it, there, there's there's so many blurry lines. But uh, you know, I, I I guess in my fantasy world, I wish there was a way we could we could stop people hurting each other. Yes. You know, and and the answers that I gave aren't the solution, but they're they're like a fantasy solution. But again, I, I think about a a kid. They're doing something downstairs. Uh oh. Maybe they're burying a body, which would be perfect for what we're talking about. Um, but if someone's hurting a kid or a woman, you know, I I, I, I see red, and yeah. so so I lash out and I'm like, screw that person. You know, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't care what their story is. Right. You, you know, you had problems and you walked into the life of someone completely innocent and and not part of your world, and you destroyed their world. Screw you. Right. And that that that's a very basic, might not be the most intelligent way, or it might be the most brilliant way. I don't know, but that's the quandary of being human. And, yeah, and you know we've come to a place in humanity where you see it every day, where we sift through it. We have to deal with this. That's really bad. What is that? I think it's a dentist office. Downstairs. It sounds somebody's, so dentisty. Somebody's getting their teeth drilled. What's I know, but we'll be done in two hours. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye, pilot. Hello, Harlan. God. Yeah. Well, they're doing the meltdown pilot here. That's great. The stand-up. It's like going to be a stand-up show. Oh wow. Stand-up comedy show. Okay. Are you going to do it? I am doing it. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow night. Is that the one where they? Uh, it's the. Uh, they don't. They give you the topics once you're on stage. No, that's set list. Okay. Okay. You did that. I did that. Yeah. We did that together. No, I, don't I don't know think if we did, we did that. that. We we did the uh, some local clubs together. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't do. Oh, uh, let's talk about that. That'll lighten the mood. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, just to to clean up what sure. we just started. Sure. You know, people. It, it's not necessarily a, a lighten the mood thing. It's like it's it's who we are. It's something right. you got to deal with, and uh, right. you know. But it's it's an interesting topic. It's obviously a passionate topic, right? And and uh, we're not and we're not going to solve it today. But I mean, like, I feel like. It's interesting. I think, like, if we started over, yeah, you know what I mean? I often think about that, too, as, like, uh, either it's a commune or it's some sort of, like, apocalyptic uh, apocalypse where everybody just drops dead. So the world is still here, but there's only 50 of us. Yeah. You know, I mean, that would be easier to manage. You're like, I don't know. Did you ever watch Lost? Yeah. Not easy to manage. Uh (laughs) It's all the same stuff, you know? You're right. You know, the, 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 the real thing, I, I've often heard the story, uh, you talked earlier about, you know, the possibility of aliens dropping us here. And, yeah. You know, I've always heard the kind of these stories of, of the progression of humanity, where we evolved to the point where we're all these bulbous-headed creatures with the almond-shaped yeah. eyes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And there's no more use for language. We just, everything's telepathic, and we all kind of assimilate and become one mind meld mm-hmm. and you go that that would be horrible but then you also go but would it be if we were still able to have our imaginations and our inventiveness and yeah. all the things that were good but everything was kind of had a harmony to it I, I interesting absolutely yeah. oh god you're right in my wheelhouse I mean that feeling of um, I, here, here's what I'm about to tell you oh my god <laughs> so frightened and alone right now hold me <laughs> give me some cinnamon and hold me <laughs> zombie cinnamon uh, this is a weird day. There's a lot yeah. of people here. Um, people that listen to the show know that I'm interested in uh, astral projection. I'm going to keep this real quick. Great. Cool. Uh, you know what it is? 
Yeah, it's when you astrally project, you go outside of your body and look it's down like, at yourself. Like a or, voluntary out of body. Yeah, yes, exactly. Have you ever done it? No. Have oh. you? No. Do you want to? I'm terrified. I'd Why? Be, I, I would be afraid to do it. Why? Um, it's just it just seems scary. In fact, most people that do do it or claim to do it, for those who are skeptical that it's even possible to do it, which is completely reasonable, uh, you leave your body and your first feeling is like, I'm, I'm dead. Like, when, if you float above your body and it's not a dream and you're just like, holy shit, your first feeling is extreme panic and you're like, I've died. I'm, I'm, this is my soul left my body. I'm gone. Uh, but you do go back to your body. You do right? go back to your body. Yep. So if you know you're going back, why be scared? That's like getting on a roller coaster. You're like, I'm going to be scared, but I know I'm going to come back. I like your approach, but I mean, like, who knows? We're in this that we're in this world that like so few people have done, and and the people who have done it, it's all kind of like a cult and like oh, Salem, Salem witch uh, Salem witches. I believe we're doing something very similar. Oh, okay, to so it's not like a place you can go. Like Larry's out of body experiences on Melrose. Right now, you can. Float for forty dollars type of thing. It's, it's, not, it's not like if it like had a, been kind of like FDA approved or tested. Yeah, it, because the guy in the in the book, it's called Journeys Out of the Body. I loved it. I really tore through it. It's basically just his journal entries, and it was in the late fifties and sixties. Okay, this guy did this every night, and he wrote down all these experiences. Whoa, and. Um, Oh, what, what were you just going to make? Oh, okay. One of the reasons I don't want to do it is it starts to turn. It actually has the arc of a good movie. At the beginning, he's flying around. He's visiting friends. I, he leaves it out, but I'm sure he's going and looking at naked girls. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have sure. to do that. Why wouldn't, don't be an oh, asshole, Lord. Robert. Yeah. yeah. 50s pussy? Yeah. <laughs> Unshaved and fluffy. Oh, like a slipper. And it's pulling a sheet of cookies out of an oven. Oh, God. <laughs> That's delish. 1950s He, uh... It takes a turn as he starts going to other dimensions, blah, blah. And um, then when he starts doing it, he starts getting, like, attacked. So he would have these unpleasant – he would project. And then the first thing that would happen was, like, a big wolf creature would attack him and then wrestle wow. with it. And he'd write that it was the most terrifying thing he's ever done. So even if it is, let's say it is a hallucination that's all baloney, it's, you've still opened up this part of your brain that is now hallucinating that huge wolf creatures are attacking you. Right, And right. you think you're going to die. Right, and then he talks about these rubbery children that would cling to him, and wow. it, really, it sounds very bad, dreamy, nightmarey, but very vivid. Very, he ke- he keeps insisting that it wasn't a dream; that it was very uh, real, just as real hmm. as this world is. Anyway, the reason I told you all that, other than I'd love to hear, we I love talking about it all the time, uh, is that he claims that he went to a place called uh, that he believes is the Christian heaven. Um, he also he went to a place that he thought was like hell, okay. and then he visited a dimension where he was like, I think this is what they're talking about. Because and the re- the way he describes heaven, uh, one interesting point is he was depressed for months afterwards. He said because he had been to the best place and he never went back to it uh, oh. because he was like it's just too painful to leave. So he went to it and he said the feeling and what made me think of it with your almond eyes and the grays and the and the telepath tele- telepathy and all that sort of stuff was he was like it was the feeling of being completely connected like that is uh-huh. one of the feelings that I think when you when you go to lunch with your phone and when I uh, when I talk about that synthetic social thing where uh, I have blah blah thousand Twitter followers and blah blah thousand Facebook friends imagine if that was real. Yeah. And I think that I think that is where we're headed in another hundred years or whatever, maybe maybe less, maybe more. Yeah. Maybe we will get to a point where there's an organic, actual. We're connecting. We, we've merged technology and whatever our essence is yeah. into some sort of collective. I think it's possible. Thing. 
I think that's where we're headed. Well, we might have to with with the population exploding, expanding. I mean, we're at seven billion now. There's too many wars. There's too too much infighting, mm. and and when you've got a fish tank full of too many fish, either eventually somehow they've got to find a way to meld and evolve and survive, or mm-hmm. they end up just destroying each other. And I, I right. think I think there was a time when we weren't as evolved in in terms of technology, uh, and we had World War One and World War Two, but now we're at a place where our technology could wipe out humanity rather quickly but we also have technology now that could unify humanity rather quickly and i think Mm -hmm. that unification process is gonna you know excel more and more i mean look how the internet's brought people together look how cell phones look how facetime all this stuff and and Mm -hmm. social networking and I i think that's gonna be perpetuated to the point where Either the human race globally comes together collectively or... We kill each other. We kill each other. And it feels like it's heading towards a collective place, despite all the wars in Afghanistan and, uh, you know, all all the things that look like, oh, we're never going to get along. But it, it feels like ultimately we have to push through and get to that place or we might not make it. Mm-hmm. But that's just a theory, and what do I know? <laughs> I'm in a room surrounded by egg cartons, you know. <laughs> no, you're right. That That's sort of connecting. And then, like, you know what we're doing less if we are all hooked up to one consciousness sort of thing where we retain, as you were saying, our creativity and our individuality. But, like, you know, and they talk about this in The Singularity is the idea that uh, I'll be able to see all of your thoughts, basically. And it, it, privacy will just be completely gone but I think what they're saying is that'll be a euphoric experience. It might be, yeah. That the feeling of unplugging from this world. Actually, I'm, I'm getting this from the movie The Transcendent Man. And he says a very similar thing to Robert Monroe when he left heaven. Was he said the feeling of unplugging from the matrix of all of our consciousnesses would be so lonely that it would like be devastatingly depressing to leave the group. But if we are all hooked up, and I am experiencing your memories and hearing your jokes like i don't go to a show anymore i just go and experience you yeah and everybody's just spilling into each other i think collectively um there's no we're we're fucking less we're breeding less you know what i mean it just becomes kind of like a maintaining of like what we are there's less that's all those aliens are really skinny there's less raping the earth and well there's probably but we get to a place where there's virtual sex where it's just as gratifying and just as fulfilling as real physical sex right and but it's basically an app on your phone exactly where it's like you can press a button and you're having a full-on threesome with all the experiences you'd have if it was real right or who knows, by that time, there may be Android, there may be ro- robotic people. Mm-hmm. I mean, all this stuff is, is evolving to these places. Right. And then there'll be people who unplug and have real fucking, and they're like, this is better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. In a field where there's nothing around with a dragonfly on your ass cheek. Well, that's what they say. That's the that- way it should be. <laughs> you ain't fucking till there's a dragonfly on your ass, player. Oh, hell no. Why a black guy? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was a white guy doing a black guy voice. I don't know. I don't know. Well, oh, God, what was I going to say? Fucking. We're talking about fucking. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, that's what they say the next world war. That's what they say. That's what some people think will be the next world war is the idea that there will be some people that want to merge and assimilate 
and and merge technology and our essence mm-hmm. into one thing. Yeah. And there'll be prophets that are talking the way that I am that are like, you'll be able to have sex with anybody and this and this. And, and like there, you won't even eat anymore. It'll just be like a matrix pod sort of thing. But your consciousness will be evolved. Your body will be perfect. You'll have everything that you want. <laughs> uh, I was just talking to my friend Zach Kreger about this, though. Uh, some book about Prime Directive. It has Prime Directive in the title. And Prime Directive is the singularity, basically, and it's this one consciousness that uh, – and we're all kind of living in this virtual reality. And you have the body you want and you have three ways on your phone, but you're perpetually coming. You know what I mean? And, and he was saying in the book, and I think this is right, is that people start becoming incredibly, incredibly depressed. And what they do is they sign contracts to leave Prime Directive's oversight so that they could be tortured and uh, – maimed and hurt you know what i mean because they miss pain so much because other the other thing that people do is put themselves in a perpetual state of a ten thousand orgasms simultaneously and they just stay there like like zoned out basically just blissed out forever but you know this is this is the matrix and this is the point is that like without pain and without mortality none of this makes any sense so we comprehend right now, right? Yeah, you the prophet. I mean? You're telling. You're getting me into the assimilation. Well, what I'm saying is, <laughs> this is how we perceive it right now. But we haven't been there yet. So when we get there, right? You, you know, this opinion may be antiquated or based on sure. fear or lack of knowledge. But once you get there, maybe it's it's bliss. Maybe maybe you get to that place, and then you go, well, what's the next layer? Yeah. There's a layer beyond everything you just said, and that's the beauty of being human. We never stop reaching. We never stop imagining. And when you think you're at the pinnacle, yeah. there's another peak over there right. in, in, in the distant galaxy or in the distant uh, images of your imagination. It, right. it, it never ends with the human mind, and if- that, that's, that's what's fascinating. We, we may de-evolve back to uh, microorganisms where huh. everything we have today and in the future is concealed in a microorganism where right. we're just these we're invisible to the naked eye but yet everything exists it's like horton here's a who it i mean who knows where it ends uh. it, it, it's, you know what i mean it's just like we're a bunch of who's we're a bunch of whores yeah <laughs> It's, uh, I mean, it, it, there's, there, there's, you, you can, you can, you can visualize the future, but then once people get to the future, they're going to visualize a future. Uh huh. And and who knows what happens? Man. Who knows what that future is visualizing? That's that's the that's the big bummer about death. The the only thing that I regret about dying is that I, I want to see where it all goes. Like I want to. There there is no end, but I want to watch it. I, w- I want to watch that horse run across the field for eternity. I, I want to see all the new <laughs> inventions. I want to see right. what happens to us. So wait, you're excited to see what happens when you die? Uh, no. I, what I'm saying is I don't want to die so oh, I can see what happens to us as a I human see, race. And not just the human race, but the, the planet, the animals, the, the you know. Right. Where, where does it stop? And it, it, unfortunately, it doesn't. So I'd have to just, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to have to be alive forever. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry. If, I, if you're annoyed by me, well, get here forever. Yeah. Get I just announced it. it. I'm going to be eternal. I will outlive even Highlanders. You know, up your sword-wielding Scotsies. <laughs> little Scotsies. You're going to be a cinnamon-covered zombie. I'm going to be a cinnamon-covered life life zombie, yeah. Yeah, forever. Oh, you mean Harlan? Yeah. 
I smell cinnamon. Here he comes. Somebody's nearby. Here he comes. Oh, so do you think it's lights out when you die? Uh, you know, it's an interesting question because it's going back to what we talked about earlier that humans have egos. Mm-hmm. And if you break it down, you know, if you get around your human ego, does does a lion think he's going to lie in heaven? Does a giraffe think he... No, they probably think, you know, when I finish eating this twig and I get eaten by a lion, that's it. But because we're human, uh, part of me suspects that it's our egos that think we keep going. Yeah. Because we we can't possibly die. We're the right. masters of planet Earth. We're above and beyond all other living creatures. We right, must right, right. go somewhere else. Yeah. But in that same statement, I do believe in faith, and I do believe in a higher energy, a higher power. So I think there's a lot of mystical stuff that happens on Earth and a lot of spiritual stuff. And so I don't discount it, but I question it. And mm-hmm. so... I would hope that there's someone in, somewhere interesting we go, but I, I just I I don't I don't live by that. You yeah, know? that I, I it keeps coming back up when the, when we talk about religion. Often comes up, always comes up on the show is that um, the Buddha did not care really about an afterlife. He cared about the ending of suffering. So when people were like, "Where do I go when I die?" He's like. That question comes from suffering. You're suffering and you're afraid. Let's deal with that. You know what I mean? Through meditation and peace and presence. Be the lion that isn't going like, what next? Just be eating that elk. Right. Uh, And the ego is this great uh, protector of our species. Yeah. But it's also the thing that is polluting our spiritual reason going like, of course we stick around. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Look at how cool we are. Yeah. But, like, that's not necessarily true. If right. we can get outside of that and really look at it objectively, which I don't know if we can, but maybe we can. Well, I mean, next time you want to know the answer, kick open a nest of ants and see all the ants scrambling around and look at them and go, oh, all those little guys, after I spray them with off, they're all going to float up to ant land, yeah. ant heaven. Yeah. Because that's what we are. We're, we're just an ant nest. We're all swarming around. We've all got our little We called us parasites earlier, yeah. Yeah, well, same thing, yeah. Well, Turn that's on. another Matrix thing. We're a plague. We're a virus On this planet? On oh, the planet. of course we are. And, yeah. we, and we hurt each other. Yeah, we hurt everything. Humans hurt everything. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. It doesn't make... But, again, I'm going back to we have the ability to dream and see a future. Yeah. And my hope is that we keep rolling along. And right now we're killing a lot of stuff. We're destroying a lot. But we're also creating. And I'm hoping we get to that. Think, Sweet look at spot. it as a speed bump. Yes. Where we hit this speed bump where we've done all this negative stuff. But finally, the accumulation of all these things we've done, all these inventions, the uh, super collider, the, the, the spaceships, the Hubble telescope, all this stuff. Gets us over the speed bump. We're finally we're in a place where everything's harmonious. We've preserved our planet. We've right. saved the environment, the ecosystem, the animals. We've even brought back the animals that, that we made extinct through mm-hmm. their DNA, the mm-hmm. ones we can. You know, stuff like that. It's a bit mm-hmm. of a – sounds like a bit of a fantasy, but I, I feel like – It's no more preposterous than anything else. Right. We could, we could do it. And it would be the omelet. We're breaking all these eggs, and hopefully we do get – I love the idea of getting over that speed bump and yeah. being like, oh, we were shitty, but it yeah. got us here. Yeah, it's, it's like a relationship. You, you, you know, this is the phase of the relationship where it's like all this bad stuff's happening, but in this relationship won't work, but get over that bump, and the next one's going to be bliss. It's like, oh, this is how it's supposed ah, to be. Ah, that's great. You know what I mean? It, it's 
So hopefully, hope I, I, I hold hope for humankind and more than humankind. I hope hold hope for all the other creatures on the planet that yeah. we've decimated and damaged and hurt. And yeah. hopefully we can repair it all and, and make it all whole again. Hopefully. Yeah. I hope so. So this, uh, the higher power, it, it seems pretty nondescript and you're kind of open. I think the higher power to me is evident in nature. Nature is God to me. If there's a God, I think, you know, it's again, it's not in this false world that man's built. It's in the real world that coats, you know, the outer skin, the epidermic layer of, of mm. planet Earth. Mm-hmm. It's trees, it's water, it's these are the things that, that were made, crafted, uh, you know, in nature, and all these pieces work together. And mm-hmm. obviously, w- somehow we became a part of that. Um, but um, I, I look at the masterwork of a creator as in, in nature, mm-hmm. not so much humans. I think humans are too flawed. Maybe, you know, we, we might, we possibly could be the mistake. I don't know. I mean, think of it. <laughs> God elbowed something off the desk. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying we're, we're all, we're, we're horrible. I, I love humanity. I love, like I said, I think we can pull it out. I think we do great things. But but when you hold, put us in in this planet next to everything else and you look at how we've, we've raped it and used it and depleted it and polluted it it's, it's just it's it's hard sometimes to yeah. be a human you yeah, know? yeah 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 but I, I i hold hope i don't want to sound depressing and be like oh we should all just run off a cliff i, I do believe that we're, we're we're learning a lesson here and i think we will we will evolve and move forward and, and correct it and make it right and and it's a hard time right now but we're growing and learning. I hope so. I think you might be right. I, I, I hope, hope so. you're right. I, yeah. That's that's the correct phrasing. I hope you're right. Yeah, and it sounds great. Yeah, I, I hope so. I I, I hope so, man. Because yeah. we we have a, you know humanity has a lot to offer, and there's a lot out there to find still. You yeah, know, who knows what's out there? Man. Yeah, um, we might we might reach another place, another planet, another species, another who knows? Yeah, that'd be cool. Be sweet. But Stephen Hawking, our most com- uh, intelligent computer person, says that if there are aliens, they'll probably be hostile. Yeah, that that you know, but that's a fifty-fifty proposition. He goes, they'll probably be hostile, but what's the other side of the equation? Well, they might be friendly. We I might get you know massages. Who knows? <laughs> they got those long almondy fingers. You know, probably get the best back rub of my life from those. I mean, I each that, finger is yes. about twelve inches long. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah, God yeah. bless them. Get yeah. I'm going to be standing at the at the crop circle with some olive oil. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like here here I am, dude. Come on, Bulbo, let's go. I'm taking, I'm taking my clothes off as you land on the on the flax. You know. <laughs> like, um, let's talk about love a little bit. You mentioned it. Uh, are you married? No, I'm not. Uh, are, do you have a loved person? Not at the moment. No. Have you had loved people? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Love, love is the best thing in the world. Yeah, I mean, let's that, talk about that's, love. That's the power of humanity. That's one of the great driving powers of humanity that I yes I love about being human and yes. life, and and that's the good side of us. It's weird that it can turn the volume down on everything people and just crank the volume up. Yeah. I think in a good way. I mean, on the bad stuff, I meant yeah, in the bad yeah, stuff. Yeah, the yeah. volume goes down. Yes, and then, yes. and then you're just only focused on this person or this oh, thing. Oh, yeah. It's it great. I always things. feel bad when you ever, you ever meet people, they say, I've never been in love. Yeah, I don't. Have you ever, you've been in love, haven't you? Every girlfriend. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can. I, I mean, I, I feel so bad when I meet people who say I've never been in love. I, I, I think I might be in love with this person, but I've never been in love. And you can tell they don't. They, yeah, you it's have no the idea saddest thing about. I've ever heard yeah, when it, I hear someone you're say that. Fucking right. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Like Get to be this. in love is the best feeling on the planet. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Oh God, I remember God. one time being in love. And did you see Five Hundred Days of Summer? Uh, I don't think so. We're we're in different circles when it comes to what I'm watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's a great scene where uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt looks in the mirror. They're playing. Uh, oh, for fuck's sake, you make my dreams come true by Hall and Oates, right? Oh yeah. And he looks. He's in love, and he looks in the uh, car window for the reflection, and he sees Han Solo. Oh wow! And it's it's such a funny thing. I, I gotta like, see this movie. That now. is, and uh, yeah, and. Uh, it, it covers everything. It covers love, and then it covers like heartbreak and love. It's very, very. I think it's very good. Um, but that's. I remember feeling exactly that way. I remember, it, it, you know, was informed by the movie. But I was walking in the sun, and I f- just felt that scene in that movie. And I felt like if I look in this car window, I'm going to see Han Solo because yeah. that's how much like sh- like that person was making me feel it lifted so lifted you up. Yeah. I, I felt were, like Han Solo. You were beaming. Yeah, yeah. she made me beam. Yeah. And it was all about that relationship. And it was all, it was pure joy and pure ecstasy. Oh, and like, you know, they've all best. pretty much been that way. With the exception of, uh, I, I don't say this callously, I never really think I was like in love. I got married when I was 22. Okay. To the first girl are, that I slept with. Are you still married? No, no, no. Okay. I got divorced when I was 28. Okay. Um, and I'm not saying this defensively or even, she'll never hear this. I'll be, be the cheap. judge. <laughs> That one, I don't think I was like, uh, I don't think I was in love because I didn't know any better. You didn't, didn't know? Okay. I didn't your know first it was. one. Yeah. I was infatuated, certainly. Uh, and that's, I, that's fair. I loved her. Yeah. But then after that, I learned what it was like to get the, like, I can't eat. I want to stay up all night with this person. I want to talk to this person constantly. Right. Just upset. And it is the fucking best. That's and they the all best. ended, Harlan, some of them badly. Yeah. yeah and, I, and it's love and loss. It's fucking true. I'll take the good. Yeah. I can put the bad in the basement and I'll take all the yeah. good and I'll show it at parties. Yeah, no, hey, you know, I, I say that's that's those are the beats, the heartbeats of living. You know, some yeah. people some people don't want to be in love because a lot of times, you know, the love ends. Yes. But but it's 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 kind of like you know, at least you've lived in that moment where you hit that high yeah. and sure you're going on that low, but it, it, that up and down movement is better than just flatlining. Oh, I see what you're you know saying. What it's what like I'm the saying? EKG, it's the up and exactly. down. Exactly. And even though it it's bliss and it's the worst you've ever felt in your life when it ends. Yeah, you're feeling, and yeah. you and, and and you you love it and you hate it, but but you're living life as opposed to just tuning it all out and and just kind of flatlining. Yes. So well, to quote your Bono, he says the only pain is to feel nothing at all. And then the Lumineers also said that very similarly. They said the opposite of love is indifference. So ah. it's like if you're feeling something, and look, there are a lot of sad. I, I have friends who are going through breakups currently, and they're yeah. very sad. Oh, of course. But it's like, awful. it is awful, and it is it is kind of the worst. It's the worst. It's but then, the worst. But then sometimes you're eating a pancake off your girlfriend's stomach or some, something. Oh, like talk ridiculous. to me about that. Uh, I'm not letting that go by. Talk to me about that, Daddy Flapjack. Oh, do you think I'm letting that go by? Uh-uh. I just... 
Stop. I've never actually You I've have. Never, I've never actually done that. I want to now. That's a great idea. I have had sex on a bed, yes. <laughs> a bed. I was saying yes to Katie. She lights me at ninety. Oh. I go, are I we a, done? Can I get, we, no, it usually oh. goes a little bit long. If you're okay. Yeah, I'm fine. I just uh some of the best intercourse I've had in my wow. life is uh is surrounded by desserts. Really? <laughs> and, and yeah, like so you, you've had sex at Denny's? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. You know what, Harlan? Through the fly. Wow. Out of boy. No, you know, you, you're in a hotel and it's fun and you, yeah. you, 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 like that's a fun feeling. I like that fortress feeling of like sure. people bringing you food and, oh, and yeah. having sex. And Nothing like, like having intercourse and you look over and there's a slice of black forest cake. That's what I'm fucking saying. Right? It's like you're, you're feeling good in the groin and then you look over and there's a cake and you're like, I mean, as soon as I'm done, I'm having some black forest cake. This, this is that's your out of body experience, man. There you go. Maybe I don't want to astral project if I keep doing shit like this. My body, need, no, you, stay here. Yeah, things are good here. Yeah. Uh, God in heaven. Well, it's funny how something as simple as sex and love, these basic things, we're talking about your phone, we're talking about Times Square and iPad and and merging of our singu- into the singularity and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, love and, and sex and sex when you're in love. That's that's where it's at, as Sam Cooke oh, said. That's beautiful. That's that's an even higher level when yeah. you when you can have uh, sex and be in love at the same time. That yeah. that's that's the candles burning hottest right there. Yeah. Oh. God. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And like I said, I hope everyone listening has had those moments. Yeah. And there's if people not, that have and to go, you're absolutely right, yeah. buddy. It kills me the people I know. Who are like uh, married, you know, married, and and I'm like, I I don't think you even like your wife. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. I've heard people say, yeah, you know, we're not, you know, he loves me, and yeah. that's enough for me. Right. We're not really in love, but I know he loves me, and that's all I need. Right. And you're like, wait a minute, what about passion and sensuality and and electricity and right. magic? And right. No, he, he loves me. I'm good with that. I people, just want to be loved. I, well, people are afraid, aren't 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 we? I'm including myself in yeah. that. You get in the the more intense relationships that I've had, the more burning, white hot burning ones mm-hmm. are the ones that hurt so much more when they go sideways. Sure, yeah, and they are, they kind of tend to go sideways. I mean, I don't think that has to be the case. In fact, I'm going to say that's not that doesn't have to be the case. But people who we're all playing poker, and some people, you know, they, there's this great moment on the British Office where Tim, uh, who is the Jim character in the American Office, yeah, mm-hmm. so Tim. Uh, is talking about he could leave the shitty paper company because he's like, right now I rolled a three. And if I picked up the die and rolled it again and laughed and took a chance, I could roll a six. He's also, I could also roll a one. Yeah, right. And it's like, that's how a lot, I think that's, and look, please don't feel judged, anybody, or if you even think I'm talking about uh, somebody that you know, you know, like some, if I'm reminding you of somebody, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying this is a choice that we make. We're, We're playing cards and you get dealt a decent hand Especially if it's one of your early hands, yeah. <laughs> like one of the like with me with my wife, I was like, "This is pretty good." Yeah, yeah. And you get a little stack of chips. Some people cash out right there and go, "This is enough." And some people stay at the table. And you get these big stacks, and you find these hot relationships that are crazy in love, making my dreams come true, Han Solo shit. Yeah. Uh, and then those sometimes those people lose, and it hurts more. The guy that walks away from the table with the small stack that only maybe like won fifty percent more than he sat down at the table with—that's yeah. he loves me. He's not in love with me. Um, 
protect themselves. Yeah. It's bricks around your heart. Yeah. You put a little fortress, a little, uh, what's it called? You know, the castle piece in chess, basically, around your heart. You put a rook around your heart. Yeah. And nothing gets in, but nothing gets out. You can't you can't really get as much damage, but you also don't feel as much ecstasy. It's like a prudent move. Yeah. And if anybody looks at my life and goes, he was very prudent, I'll fucking burn their yeah. house down. Yeah. That's, you don't want to be prudent. Prudent should be a flavor of Baskin Robbins. Uh, you know? It's kind of a buttercream. Yeah. <laughs> Another scoop of the prudent, please. So we take chances. You yeah. have a, you have a son? No. I thought you had a son. No. I thought you had a son. No. You I, lied to me once then. I you did. You definitely went, this is my son. Oh, I say that to anyone I meet. That is so funny. I, whenever I'm with someone, I go, this is my son or my daughter. You know what's funny? Whenever there are small children around, I go, these are my children. Yeah. It's weird not? that we have the same life bit. Why not? But I fell for it when you did it. And I went, that motherfucker doesn't look anything like him. Well, plus he was my same age. Didn't that ring a bell? Yeah. It should have. <laughs> mean no you were mean <laughs> when you said rook and that's how chinese people say hook how dare you unbelievable that was just you know <laughs> it was at the improv and it was dark yeah so never married yeah, i was married oh you were married mm-hmm. how long yeah, were you married two years two years how long were you together before that uh about six weeks is that right? No, we we I proposed after six weeks, but uh, we uh, see. We, this is a guy that's been in love. Oh hell yeah, yeah. Oh, six yeah. weeks. Six weeks before I proposed, and then and then I think we got married about four months later. Yeah, it was really fast. You dirty dog. Yeah, it was amazing. Who was this person? Oh, Where did you meet you them? Know, uh, oh, I'm not looking for names. We're just talking about love. Um, <laughs> I I met them uh, actually met them at a comedy club. It was uh, someone in the audience, and uh, yes. you know, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it wasn't someone that came to see the show. It was a friend of a friend who brought a friend to yes to come and see the show. So. And then so she saw you headline, or you just did a short. I was set. just doing a little dingle nut at uh, you know just a little. Was it at the improv? No, it was at the Laugh Factory, actually, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. All right, so you're at the Laugh Factory, and you meet this girl, yeah. and she's gorgeous. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful girl. Yeah. And you ask her out there? Uh, yeah, we all went out for drinks. And uh-huh. then I kind of kind of started making contact with her there, you know? So, yeah, <laughs> pretty wild, man. And then it flared up really quickly. Oh, yeah. Very, very quickly. Yeah, the What does best. that look like? You took a trip together? What is the what is the what is the move? Because something needs to bond people. You need to spend a lot of time. We, we took a road trip to Arizona. There you so go. Down the back roads where the giant cactus grow. We just drove through jungles of like nineteen, <laughs> twenty, thirty. This is the beginning of a cactus. short stories where the giant yeah. cactus grow. Oh yeah, man, it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you're fucking. Well, you know, I I I I never divulge too much about my love life. Sure, I keep I keep that. You know, I I feel like a but lot. Presumably, you're fucking. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe the cactus were <laughs> fucking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They're... I meant it in the good way. I wasn't trying to. Of course, I'm not trying to out you. I'm just no, saying no. that's the that's that early passion. You're on this road trip, right, and there's right. there's a lot of attraction, of course, and yeah. interest. And yeah. is it like staying up and talking? Like you just can't wait to oh, see yeah. what she thinks about this or this Absolutely. or this. Absolutely, it's all that it's loss all of that. appetite when apart. Uh, not really, because we both liked like junk food. So it was like you know, <laughs> you, 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 we we like to go and eat. It was great. Really? Yeah, yeah. 
And then you proposed six weeks. Was that a shock to her? Uh, I think she was surprised. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But said yes. Yeah, said yes, and uh, off we went. Didn't last very long. How did you propose? Um. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll I'll tell you. I basically we were driving through the middle of nowhere. Yes. And believe it or not, I'm not trying to make a joke. There's a little town in the middle of nowhere in Arizona called Nowhere, Arizona. Really? Yeah. It's it's a it literally a gas station and a general store. <laughs> and we just drove through the town, and I just pulled over. I said, let's go climb up that, that little mountain there, that little, you know, there's like kind of a half mountain, half hill thing. And we got to the top, and there was a little yellow flower growing out of the desert ground, and I picked it, and I gave it to her, and she was sitting on a rock. I said, will you marry me? With the flower? Yeah. In nowhere? In the middle of nowhere, man. <laughs> and... uh that was it. She started crying and said yes, and it was amazing. And I, I don't, I don't regret it at all. You know, it's sad when things don't work out, but it was, yes. to me, it was a beautiful moment in my life. You know, and yes, it was. Uh, don't get yeah. robbed of that. Not you're not. I'm, no. I'm talking to people listening and to myself. It's yeah. like you shouldn't lose nowhere flower proposal. No, I love it. I love it. Because Even though it the marriage south. didn't work out, I I, I savor that moment. Yes. It, was, it was a beautiful moment. Yes. Yes, beautiful. Some highlight reel. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's a real beep of the high part yeah. on the heartbeat. Fantastic. What can you tell me a little bit about why it went wrong? You know what? I'd probably rather not because That's you okay. know, it it's 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 you know, I find Relationships, especially real intimate ones, are are very sacred to me. Sure, and and well, thank you for telling the proposal. I'll thank you. for Yes, what you I, did I've share. never told that before, but uh, yeah. you know, I feel like it's a beautiful moment, and I'd rather just you know Let's leave it positive, leave it there, and yeah, and uh, you know, the, my my relationships with uh, with uh, my ex wife and and other uh, girlfriends that I've had, you know, th- those are. They're like uh, sacred to me, and and I feel like when you when you put that out for the world to hear, it it takes away from a little bit of that magic. So I, I kind of I never really talk about that stuff. I had uh, people who know the show know everything about my relationship. No, no, my wife cheated on me, and all this sort of stuff. Oh, I'm like, sorry, it's, but you yeah. see, I just said it so callously. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to do. It, it was like flooding the. Generator, you know what I mean. It was yeah. like I, I was keeping it so sacred, and it was yeah. it was such such a source of hurt for me that I was like, let's open all the windows and really let every everybody come sure. in. That that's a good approach too. It and, worked. Uh, it and worked and for I'm me. not keeping stuff in because of any hurt or any oh, yeah, any yeah. pain. It, it's it's more about the magic to me. Yeah, it's, it's all about the good things. I don't dwell on the things that went bad. It's it's all about respecting. Yes. Her privacy, my privacy, sure. and and those moments that we had were so intimate that, yes. that I like to keep those. I get it. Kind of like in my own photo book in my mind. I get that. So I, I my, hope you're not uh, offended that I'm not. Oh, not at all. Opening up about it. In a bit fact, more. I I would like to think that there will come a time when there will be. And you know, there are little photos in the album that I that I don't share. Good. I good. just I'm yeah. just not sure what they are. They're there though. You They're know, there. You know, the, probably a, something to do with a pancake on a belly. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever eaten a pancake off a girl's belly? No, but I'll tell you what I did. I did do. This is a fun one. I was at a bar one night. And, I haven't, but I'm gonna. Well, I was at a bar one night, and there was a girl who uh, 
we started talking and uh she goes i want a tattoo and i said well i've got a sharpie and i pulled a sharpie out of my jacket uh-huh and uh, i go what do you want she goes i want a snake coming out of my asshole <laughs> this is a true story this is true so cut to about an hour later I guess he was drawing a snake coming out of the hole. It was no! great. It was great. Yeah. What, in a hotel, I'm hoping. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was pretty wild. Ah! <laughs> it was pretty fun. It was That's weird. Great. It was weird, yeah. Let's talk about one thing I really wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. Was um, something that I, I realized recently that I'm very passionate about, and I know I just know you are from seeing your stand-up. Is, is genuity. When, when you're telling that story, I didn't have to say, is this true? I just wanted to see if it was true. Of course it's true. When I see you perform, uh, there's, there's a lot of presence. It's been coming up a lot on the show a lot, and it's been coming up a lot even more in my life. I've been talking to other comic friends of mine where I'm like, it's sex. It's, it's comedy is sex, and, and if you're enjoying yourself and if you're present, the crowd can tell. That, that bond is formed. Right. It, it's, no, it's no longer sexual, but it, it's, it's the performer and the laughing, and, and you're being informed by them, and they're informing you, and, and you're informing them, of course, with your words and all this. But there's this nuance, and I see a lot of people perform, and they're just not – they're like bad lovers, you know what I mean? They're not in the moment. They're not paying attention to their, their partner, the crowd. Got it. And uh, when I see you, I'm like, this is a guy who I think for like would never hesitate to pull the handbrake, turn the car around, flip the car over, light the car on fire, steal another car. Um, the car being the performance to make the show what it's supposed to be. Oh, okay. I feel like you're honoring – the set. You're honoring the night. Oh, thank you. You're very present. You're very yeah. improvisational, and you're very aware. And every time I see the show, I go like, "Oh, that's what it, that's what that twenty minutes of the show was supposed to be." You know what I mean? Because you were tuned into it. Yes. Can you talk about that? Can we talk about your process a little bit? D- d- am I right? Yes, I I, I I appreciate you saying that. And and my my approach has always been, uh, I do what I do, but I'm. I'm doing it for me, but I'm doing it for them. And, yeah. and my process is to is well, that's to exactly that's exactly it. Give them a show. Give yes. the, give their their they're there, and and uh, it's uh, it's about being locked in. It's about it's about. I always I always speak to it as as kind of like uh, an invisible tractor beam. It's like I, I'm physically on stage, but my energy, my brain, my eyes are sending like an invisible yes. energy beam over the crowd, which is a, a yeah, and that's <laughs> that's a lot of what I do. I like to, I like to draw them into that that beam. It's yes. like it's like when all those bodies were floating up in Logan's Run up yes. to the roof. Yes, and and I I feel like that that invisible energy is a lot of what I I do on stage because I I want. I want to go beyond just being a talking head on stage. Yes. I, I want to be. I want to penetrate through their skin. I want to penetrate yeah. through their their mind. Through you know, I, I want to. I want to infiltrate their world and and have them infiltrate mine. Yes, and meld, meld. Yes, so, meld. Yeah, locked in yeah, together. That's it. Yeah, it's, I, I think that is to me. First of all, you don't have that ability when you're starting out. Like I, I see a lot of younger guys trying to jump ahead 
to um, – I was just going to say the enlightened comedian because what you're saying sounds a little bit – I'm not going to say we, you have it figured out. No. But I'm just saying that's a little do. bit closer. It's a little bit more evolved. Let's just say that. You can't jump ahead. You have to be funny. And then you can start toying with this idea of, of bending light and levitating and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, good, good analogy. Because yeah. then it gives you the confidence. You're like, fuck it, I'm funny. I've been doing comedy a long time. And now I'm going to see what happens if I take my shoes off. And like, really, I'm just thinking of like a dojo, really respecting the show and knowing that when they are garbage, when the crowd just is surly and is a bad lover, they're fucking you over, you can deliver some of your act you can yeah. bring them in with some lines some chops but then when, once you get to that like zen level you can say fuck the act fuck chops this is just me it's not even me and you this is us yeah. this is us yeah. together yeah. this is our show this is our time yeah. at the end of my set I always used to say that's our time instead of that's my time like it was back in the days when you only got five minutes like that's my time I gotta go yeah. that's our time that was our time Yeah. yeah that's right and it's very – it's no surprise to me to think of you, but I, I think that's a real treasure to think of the tractor beam sort of thing. It goes back to me reading your faces. It goes back to babies in the airport. We're on the on – the cra- when you can see the crowd, the lights are up a little and you're seeing all the faces and they're seeing and reading all your faces. Attention is being paid both ways. Yeah. You're making noises that are sounds and they have more value because we're saying ideas allegedly. And they're giving these, uh, these laughs. And if you could see the, the, the graph of a comedian's brain, how, much, how many of them were surprised? How many of them were a little bit offended? How many people just thought it was the funniest thing they've ever heard? Who's clapping? Like, what's ha- like all of it is being fed into us, and then that's informing the performance if we're being present and we're honoring it. If yes. we're looking at them and valuing the crowd, then the show, I think, is improved. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting you brought that up because as much as I – am connected to the crowd i i don't know uh, uh if i can talk about this but my my new stand-up special just yeah. came out about two weeks ago what's it called it's called the force of nature <laughs> and great. basically i shot my new special without a crowd is that right i shot it uh in the middle of the desert on top of a hill in broad daylight with no audience and it's 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 pretty wild and 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 in doing that the premise of that special is what? yeah That's wild yeah yeah it was pretty amazing and Jeez, the premise is what the, well the premise being that that i felt like that the energy was contained by walls and theaters and and the traditional places where stand-ups shoot their specials and yes and I felt like I want to project this energy across a, an unobstructed planet. Yeah. And so I found this hill in the middle of the Mojave Desert, and I got these producers to sign off on it. And <laughs> we had a helicopter flying around, and we had, we had six cameras up there. And and uh, it's just me up there talking to the whole world and, and, and having no restrictions on that bond we just talked about with uh-huh. with a small audience as like can i can i project out to the whole planet to everybody and 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 it was really uh you know it's visually crazy looking and and uh if people want to see it they oh, can get it, it at itunes yeah. uh, it's called the force of nature they can order it from harlowilliams.com who, who wouldn't want to see that now I, everybody wants know, to see it, that it, it's a real uh it was a real experiment but I, I really wanted to push myself as a comedian and i wanted to push the the art form of did comedy. you have to try to not play to the cameraman 
camera. Uh, yeah, I, 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 di- I did a little bit because at the beginning I talk about why there's no audience here. Right. And I talk about that it might be harder because there's no one to guide you with the laughter. But I also say I respect the audience. I think people watching are smart enough that they don't need to be shown where to laugh. Yeah. And I also added a little bumper that if they got into trouble, I would throw a handful of sunflower seeds in their face. So there was a couple of times where I thought maybe they might not be laughing at home and I threw sunflower seeds into the camera. But outside of that, I was pretty much projecting out to the world. What's funny, when you're doing a special, uh, Kumail, uh, my friend Kumail and I did our special in this very, very large... um, theater in austin and he was like peter it's too big it's huge i don't want to do it it's so big and i was like but it's so big it'll detach us from the audience enough that it'll play on television right. so i actually think you playing to an imaginary crowd or whatever yeah. or an imaginary energy might come through the lens a little bit more i hope it does yeah i, I'm I curious hope to so see. it's hard to judge because it's my own thing like watching right. myself but I, w- I was very happy doing it and had a great time and it's it's probably you know it's just like uh probably unlike any stand-up especially you've ever seen yes but. yeah yeah when chris rock was doing that one that cut between there was no one where it just cut to him practicing right, yeah. in the mirror yeah, <laughs> that I, I remember that wild. yeah yeah well that 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 leads me to the next thing which kind of contradicts or made me think of this next thing kind of contradicts what i said to you the melding with the audience um but that's what makes this stuff so zen and kind of endlessly interesting this craft of ours, yeah, which is so similar to music and other types of performance, we get that sometimes from people that listen to the show. So I hope this can, the parallels continue. But in that instance, when when a comedian is really locking in with the audience, the other thing he's doing is honoring and and respecting and being present the audience that's in his mind, that his own audience. Right. Sort of thing. So when you're performing in the middle of nowhere, you really have to tap into this your own compass, yeah, sort oh, of yeah. thing, and be like. That that's what again kind of makes it a little bit um, sexual in my mind is there's my idea of how the show should go, and when the crowd's idea of the show merges into that shape and then docks into my idea of what the show should right. be, that is also another beautiful kind of union. Yeah, but it comes from my internal compass and my, you know, we both have thoughts, and and you are, are like me, uh, or maybe I'm like you rather. In that I, we both like using all the parts of the buffalo. There's no mistakes. There's yeah. a lot of jazz to it. It's not a mistake if you do it twice. It's not a yeah. mistake if you reference it. Uh, it's not a mistake if you follow it. Yeah. Fuck your set list. Something happened. Don't be stupid. Follow it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's there at the end of it. Yeah. Don't look at a piece of paper that says eyeglass store. Yeah, something right. occurred. Yeah, you know, it's what? it's it's following an energy. It's yes. following a feeling. Yeah, a yeah. vibe. And uh, no, that's that's a, that's a great way you're putting it. Yeah, oh, I'm real full of it today. Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Holy smokes! Give me some black forest cake salad. <laughs> Let's talk about. Um, we'll do the speed round, but first, the speed round is just oh. how we we end the show. It's kind okay. of fun, but. Um, the uh, I wanted to tell that story because you're somebody that I, I respect. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way because I have something. I respect you and and uh, you know the first time we did a show together, you get that little bit of like, oh, I hope Harlan likes me, sort of thing. And then we had the next level of our comedic relationship, and this is the longest we've ever talked. 
which is often how this show goes. Yeah. Dare, dare I say is the reason I have this show. Because okay. if I was like, do you want to sit in a room for two hours? It would be very bizarre. But we did that show and you did your closer and you did this whole – you asked for a suggestion <laughs> yeah. and then you improvised this joke. Yeah. And then I went on after you and made it sound like you had stolen my joke, which was your <laughs> which improvised really funny, joke. By the way, yeah. and then told it. Yes, I'm so happy. Yeah, that makes oh, no. me so happy. That cracked me up. Yeah. And that that meant a lot. Yeah. Uh, as as a more experienced um, comedian, somebody that's you know, comedy is all about respect. There's a mafia level to it. This, it's like pay your dues and and show some respect. That's a made guy. Yeah, you know right, what I mean? Right. So. I'm going up as Spider in Goodfellas, and I'm like, what if I, what if I make fun of Harlan? Not make fun, but you know, what if I take his joke? I know he's in the room. I'm going to make it look like I'm mad at him and retell the joke the right way. Yeah. And then it was just one of those beautiful things where it, it, it's a little bit of a chance because what if you're a lunatic and you're just like, sure. what are you doing? Don't yeah. do that. But you liked it, and and it's just it's just that kind of. You know, we're all comedians sort of moment. It's yep. like it doesn't matter. We're yep. all in the boat together. Yep. And if it's funny, we like it. It was just it was just such a fun it was oh, such a fun night for thank me. Thank you. Well yeah. thank you for <laughs> providing the, the setup to it. It was such a fun oh, thing that, to do. That was great. Because I know it can go the other way. Back when I was starting out, I, I, I used to do a little tribute to there was this older comedian that did the circuit and uh and uh, he, uh, you know, every now and then I'd do a little tribute to him because I liked doing his voice and he was a funny guy. And uh, he would do real corny <laughs> jokes like, uh, you know, he'd, he'd talk about Saskatchewan where it's a province in Ontario where it's all prairie. The whole, it's for, for thousands of miles. It's just flat. Yes. And he used to do a joke where he'd go, Jesus Christ, Saskatchewan. It's the only place in the world you can sit on your front porch and watch your dog run away. <laughs> for three weeks ah, right. ah, <laughs> so I would do it just because I like the guy and, and I, I was doing it for about a month and then one day he walked up to me and he goes hey Jesus Christ Holland I hear you've been doing my jokes and I go yeah oh yeah Gary it's like a tribute and he goes yeah well fucking don't like he just got wow. mad at me and I was like, like okay dude like he didn't get it that mm-hmm. I was I was like kind of worshiping him a little and right and I felt bad. I felt bad that I did it because he perceived me as like as if I wanted to steal his, his joke, jokes. and then I'd do it in his voice. Right, like, right, right. And I also felt bad that he missed that one of the younger up and coming comics who was you know at that time considered you know hip and edgy. And yes, yes, he, yes. He was missing that this guy was like giving him some credo, you know. Right. And so it was just a disaster. Yeah. I, I just stopped doing it immediately. I you said, never "You got know. it, Gary. I won't do it again." Yeah. You, know? you never know. Yeah. When are you going to run into some sensitive lunatic? That yeah. They yeah. won't understand. Yeah. I, I can't remember when that's happened to me, but stuff like that's happened. It to happens. Me. It happens. But but uh, I, I think he was an old school guy, yes. kind of a cat skills guy. And I think right. the guys nowadays, like that, you know, the guys from the 80s forward kind of. Right. We get it that we've, you know, goof around with each other. Right. And, right. So. Thank you for doing that. That cracked me up, by the way. <laughs> it's funny because it's not only did you did you take like. A, a just a bit yeah. that that was would probably be easier to imitate. Yeah, you took this long drawn out improv that I did and nailed it like bit by bit by like I don't even know how you remembered it all to begin I with, was... but it was. I mean, I was impressed on top of of laughing my ass off. So I was, was as great. I was doing it, I was like, I remember it was like, and then the mushroom and he's got a cow. I remembered like oh, yeah. your riffs. 
But I didn't know I remembered them until I tried to yeah. remember them. It was, well, it was right there. It was well. That was church, man. That was like a yeah. little bit of a presence, and it, it was. Yeah, very, it very caught fun. me off guard because you know, no, no, no one's really ever done that before, and I was like, oh, that, that's kind of cool. I, I enjoyed it. So thank oh, you. that was a big thrill for me. Me too. Um, thank you. Let's do the speed round. Let's do it. I don't know what it is, it's, but I don't do I don't do drugs. But let's do it. <laughs> oh well, that's the first question. Will you do the speed with me? Uh, okay. <laughs> Tie my arm off. Do people dude. think you do drugs a lot because you yes. because you are a goof? Well, a because I talk slow like this. I, oh. You know, kids in high school used to call me stoner. That was one of my nicknames because I I kind of have a nasally drawl or whatever. Yeah, I understand. And then, you know, doing movies like Half-Baked and right. Sorority Boys and, you know, Dumb and Dumber and something about Mary. All these movies, you know, they're right. all like, you know, teen, like, hilarious comedy movies. So they think, oh, what a stoner, dude. Right. So. But you're not a – you don't do the weed? Or any, uh, I've any? done it a few times in my life. Right. You know, I've done it like maybe 20 or 30 times. But, no, I've always tried to stay away from drugs and, and – it's that stuff. It, it's no surprise. I, I it's such a weird. I never knew I was like pretty anti-drug. It turns out that I am just because there are some people, uh Roy Scovel, Matt McCarthy, uh I, I don't need to name all these people that do drugs, but like they do they smoke pot and all that sort of, and they're geniuses and they're great. And I'm just like, I don't know how it works. But a lot of the time I'm kind of like if you know somebody trails off and doesn't get to be in all those movies that you mentioned, I'm kind of yeah. like were they doing a drug that like made them feel like they didn't need to do those movies? You know what right, I mean? Right, right. Like weed was always scary to me because it made me feel like I had accomplished something. And I know you love weed, Katie. <laughs> no, not really. Oh, I thought you were making your I love weed face. And look, I've I've had wonderful experiences with it too. And you could call me full of shit because I, I drink I drink booze and all that sort of stuff, and maybe I am, and booze has destroyed other careers as well. And sure. and lives and drunk sure. driving and marriages. Yeah. Um so I am full of shit. But in my experience, <laughs> my, in my experience, I've seen a lot of people that I'm like, that's one of the funniest people I've ever known, and he smokes weed all day. Cut to two years later, he's gone. You know, he's, yeah. just, he's just not around. Yeah. Now that he didn't die, he just kind of like. Well, that's my 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 approach was look, our instruments that we make our career with are our brains. Yes. And I always looked at my brain like an Alka-Seltzer tablet and and you know you drop it in water and it slowly starts to dissolve and little pieces drop off and then eventually it just dissipates yes and I always thought the reason I've only done you know smoked weed a few times in my life is because it's it's fun I love it I laugh my head off but I don't do drugs because I don't want to damage my instrument right. and i'm not saying I, I i am i don't know the answer whether it would help me or hurt me but my own personal conclusion is this this thing on my in my skull is 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 my livelihood it's it, precious it, it's, it's precious also and, and remembering lines and stuff yeah like that it's, stuff it's, it's uh so i i protect it i yeah. try to protect it and i enjoy a beer now and then i don't drink hard liquor i never have I, i've never experimented with any other drugs but you know, weed uh, probably twenty, thirty times in yeah. my whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's been fun. I look. I to be honest, if, if I wasn't protecting my brain, I would probably love to do it all the time because yeah, sure. I have a laugh. But I'm, right. I'm not going to sacrifice my head f- for that. I, I can laugh at other things. Right. So you're right. and you're right. I've seen I've seen the destructive side of drugs and. You know, we've all had friends like Mitch Hedberg and people like that that I used to work with, and yeah. and, and 
it really breaks my heart that that people like that aren't with us anymore and and you know there's a price to pay for 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 that activity and yeah so you know whatever i i don't know the answer but i know what works for me yeah you know? well I, you know as silly as it sounds i i kind of like getting that message out there we we get sometimes nice emails and they're like <laughs> my like my son was like a real fuck up and like he's listened to your show and he hears how comedians have a reverence oh, good, for good. their creativity. I know it, it's a little I, I'm being a little self serving right now, but like No, it's it's good. I, I'm it's all good about if 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 something we say uh you know sends a positive or yes. reinforcing message along, great. Yes. I, I I would encourage I'll just say it, I would encourage kids not to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's hypocritical because I did a, a drug movie called Half Baked, sure. but again, I'm an actor. You know, I, I did a <laughs> right. I did a, something about Mary, and I played a serial killer. Right. I've never buried a body, so, right, right, so right. but you know, I, I would encourage kids to to uh, you know use their own brains, uh, own natural, as they say. Yeah. Put, a, put a pancake on it. You know, put a pancake on <laughs> your head and live, baby. <laughs> the greatest day of my life <laughs> what kind of soap do you use there's no right answer uh <laughs> i like to grind up a walrus tusk and uh, compress it together and lather me up a blubber froth is what i like to do blubber froth yeah okay you could have just said blubber froth we all know what blubber froth is <laughs> Uh, can you remember one of the hardest times you've ever laughed? Oh, this is the speed round. Yeah. Oh, you didn't tell me. Okay. Uh, uh, the soap uh, <laughs> would be, uh, I think it's Dove or Ivory or something okay. like that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Good, wow. good scent to it. Um, hardest you've ever laughed? It doesn't have to be the number one, but one of them. This is one of my favorite questions. Uh, it was probably – I almost died. I accused – and it's funny you – we talked about smoking drugs because this was one of the times <laughs> I smoked pot. What am I? That's why that? I love it. Yeah, That's yeah, what, yeah, But, yeah, I, yeah, again, yeah. I won't yeah, do it. Yeah. I was in uh, college. I probably smoked pot in college maybe three times yes. over th- the course of three years. <laughs> and this one time I – I got a joint. A guy owed me some money. He goes, look, man, I can't pay you, so I'm going to give you, uh, you want a joint? And I was like, okay, I guess. So me and my buddy went back to my condo. We smoked it, and it started to kick in, and my buddy was holding the newspaper. And I said, dude, I want you to read me the newspaper. And he goes, okay, but I want you to read it. And there was a cartoon in the 60s called The Wizard of Oz. It was a little cheap, like a real cheap cartoon. And... Instead of munchkins, they had these little shapes that were shaped like teardrops. Uh-huh. And they had little legs, and those were the munchkins. And they didn't speak any words. They just talked like this. They're like... <laughs> but it was like high-pitched. They, they like, uh, you know, modulated the voice, so it was uh-huh. like really like... And I said, dude, I want you to read me the newspaper as the munchkins from the Wizard of Oz cartoon. So my buddy opened the paper and... Just as casually, you could see his head moving back and forth following the lines. He's just like, dude, I, I, I couldn't breathe. My stomach hurt. It felt like an elephant was crushing my ribs. I stood up, and with the little breath I had, I said, you are trying to murder me. I had to run upstairs. I ran upstairs for about five minutes so I could stop. I ran right back down. I'd stopped. I laid on the couch. I said, okay, read it again. <laughs> and I went, we went through this process 
one of the best, hardest laughs I've had in my life. It's wild. <laughs> you know, if you go on the on YouTube, you can actually see this cartoon. It's called the Wizard of Oz cartoon, and it, it's really cheesy and old looking. But you'll see the Munchkins, and they're they're little like teardrop shaped, ridiculous. <laughs> So there you go. <laughs> and now weird. it's making you have the hardest laugh of I'm your out. life. Well, it's up there. Yeah. <laughs> I, Good. Think, I think that's, that's it. I think that's it. I think that's it. Do you feel satisfied? Uh, is that is this a question for the speed round? Yeah, I'm just wondering if you feel good about the show. <laughs> I do. I do feel good about it. <laughs> I, it, it was, it, I feel a little like it feels a little weird because I touched on things I don't normally don't talk to people about. Yeah. Well, I, it's it's kind of fun. But good. It, but it's also it's revealing and it's it's uh, it's it's uh, you know it's it's cool. It's it's fun. It's good dialogue, good conversation. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, I'm thrilled to hear it. that. I enjoyed that. Well, we end the show for no real reason to with the guest, not me, but the guest saying "keep it crispy." It's the catchphrase of the show. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so if you would, thank you so much for doing it. If you take us out with a "keep it crispy," oh, you keep it crispy, funny guy. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. (laughs) Now leaving Nerdist.com. 